Blog Talk Radio. Now, if this was a full 
price pay-per-view with that in the main event, I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger. But we'll talk about that. We'll definitely talk about it. Like I said, um, that heavyweight fight, the opening heavyweight fight on the pay-per-view and the prospect versus prospect on the Fox fight were freaking fun-ass fights, no doubt about it. And that's what's cool when you put a bunch of the same weight class on one card. You can just kind of mix and match past that. Now, we will minorly have a kind of a quicker preview section there for the show box, uh, the main event. It's, what is it, like 80-0 and 0 or something like that, 88-0 or something like that as far as all six fighters, so everybody's undefeated. Um, the two undercard fights, I have a lot more intrigue in, especially the co-feature, which I think will be the co-feature. Not that I don't have, you know, interest in the main event. I do, but that seems to be the one on paper that you kind of know who's going to for sure win that fight. You never know, though. But um, Showbox, you know, that's another thing about Showtime. We can complain about some of their pay-per-views now, or if you don't think Gervonta should be on pay-per-view, that's cool. But um, they give us great championship boxing, and they also give us the Showbox, man, the prospect stuff, so... Coming off uh, what was the best network of the year, um, and I know a lot of people had them out of business because Bob and Eddie told them that, um, and some other people thought for other reasons. I'm not just blaming they just listened to Bob and Eddie. I mean, I'd say the vast majority of them did, but um, I'm not trying to put everybody in that category. I can understand uh, some of the thought process anyway, minorly, but... Um, they definitely had a damn good year, and if you look at what they got on paper so far, sounds like they're going to announce Showtime in the in the coming weeks. So if you look at what they have on paper right now, as far as what we know and, and what's pretty much done, we do have a new date for uh, uh, the Charlo Castaño fight, too. But it's happening. It is happening. And we will go over some fight news as well, some current fight news. There's a variety of it out there some fights that have been finalized in the first quarter of 2022, I almost said 21, uh, is definitely filling up. Uh, we got a month now that we know when Spence and Ugas is going to happen. Um, it's kind of weird. The WBC had a ruling on the purse bid, or the purse split, if it does go to purse bid, for the Tyson Fury and Dillian White potential fight for the WBC mandatory. Um it's 80-20, and we'll get into both sides of that like we do. We're not just going to one-side it. We do have some quotes from Bob Arum, and we've heard plenty of quotes from Eddie Hearn and, and Dillian White, but especially Eddie Hearn as far as, you know, what they feel like they're worth and whatnot. So we'll get into some of that. Um, yeah, so there's other fight news as well. The IBF heavyweight title eliminator to create a mandatory spot is having a tough time finding um, a partner. Uh, Luis Ortiz and Joseph Parker recently turned it down. Of course, we'll have, like I said, some current fight news. And, of course, our boxing Twitter segment. That's usually how we end with the tweet of the week or some fanboy tweets or media members behaving as fanboys. And, boy, do we got some doozies in that, all three categories, but especially those last two the media fanboy stuff. Boy, oh boy, were some media members happy when Luis Ortiz was on the deck and it looked like Charles Martin 
might win this fight. Boy, oh boy, were they happy because they can find a way to discredit the best win of Deontay Wilder's career. Man, were they so, so happy. So, so happy when that was happening. It's quite funny. Anyway, um, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio Podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope-A-Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-A-Dope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. You can find this platform on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spricker, even on Amazon Music as well. Sometimes I forget to mention that. We're also part of the Grueling Truth Sports Podcast Network. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to the gruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have and you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. There's no annual contract, no hidden fees. If you upgrade to the choice package or ultimate package, that'll give you three free months of HBO Max. Plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks with no additional fees, which Sometimes you can't even pay a fee to get the regional sports network um, because they don't even have it on the cable system. And boxing fans, something to listen to here. If you go to the Premier Package, you get HBO Max and Showtime um, already included. I think it's $11 or $12 for the Showtime on this app anyway. That's DirecTV Stream. Okay, so um, we have a lot to get into. When it comes to a recap, no doubt about it. Um, and I got to say, you know, when this fight got announced, I wasn't jumping for joy. Well, I liked the fight. First it got announced. It didn't get announced. Um, from what I remember, when it was, well, I shouldn't say announced, but when it started to be like pretty strong inklings, not just rumors that this fight was going to happen, Charles Martin and, and Luis Ortiz. I was hoping it would be on Fox, of course. I think everybody was, right? Um, It would be a a really interesting, great Fox card. Now, that date, it probably wouldn't have been a great day to do it because college football, you know, runs that New Year's Day, right? They have a bunch of, you know, the Rose Bowl and other bowls, too. Sugar Bowl, yada, 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 right? Um, The week before, or the day before this year, it ended up, the two semifinals ended up on New Year's Eve, which happens like every fifth year or something like that. Um, but, yeah, you probably don't want to go head-to-head there. So when they said it was pay-per-view, I did kind of scratch my head. Now, when they said it was $40, $39.99, whatever, that's about half the price, right, um, give or take. But when I, you know, when I saw the undercard, and usually you get four fights on an undercard, right, for a pay-per-view. And, and they give you a bonus five. And I thought, okay, what are these fights here? And any time, especially, I like to reiterate, reiterate the half-price thing, right, of the pay-per-view. If I'm interested in four out of the five fights on there, you know, what, the only one, uh, what I say, Frank, did I say Frank Martin or did I say Frank Sanchez? I just remember that. Did I say that wrong? I can't remember. But Frank Sanchez matchup, I wasn't like over the top, you know, 
interested in his original one or even the second one. You know, he fought a tough dude or whatever. But um, either way, four out of five is not a normal thing, right? It's not. You don't really get interested in four out of the five. Now, you may be interested in a prospect or a contender on the card, Frank Sanchez, but the matchup usually isn't all that good. And I'm talking about the last, whatever, decade, last decade, last 15 years of papers, right? And then when you add those Fox prelims, I did have interest, and I thought those were real prospect fights. You had two undefeated Cuban heavyweights going head-to-head. That turned out to be a great fight. And then even Frank Martin was in a real fight. So I was like, okay, if, if, if I'm interested in six out of the seven fights, and then when it comes to actually in the ring, five out of the seven, you know, I, I wait until the actual fights before I, you make a final, you know, statement on a card. It can't always be what people thought going in. Because entertainment value is entertainment value. You know, I am glad they didn't do a full pay-per-view on this. That They only did half the price. Um, maybe I'd have a different thought process, you know, when it comes to that. Now, so, so all in all, when I think about undercard pay-per-views, and I think about this being discounted, you know, I had my... My questions about it, right? I definitely looked at it a couple different ways. And even the night of, you know, this one, Showtime, the only thing about the Showtime pay-per-view that sucks and the advantage of having it on ESPN Plus or having it on um, the Fox Sports app, because when Fox does a does a pay-per-view, they put it on uh, the, the Fight app too, Fight TV. And why I say that is I don't I have digital cable. I don't have the normal cable, so I can't go to a channel 800 or whatever and, and rent the pay-per-view, buying it, not rent it, but buy it, and then record it. I can't do that. I have to go to the Showtime app. Well, the Showtime app, you can't record the Showtime app broadcast. So there's times where, you know, I work Saturday nights at a brewery, right, or maybe I have a prior engagement as well that night, whatever it is. I'm not home every Saturday night watching boxing. I am late night Saturday and the rest of the weekend, and sometimes Monday. Um, and sometimes if I do a show on Tuesday and Wednesday, I watch a fight or two right before I come on, you know, just to get it all in. But the difference here is on the fight TV, I can just buy it. Like I can go to, I can literally go to do whatever I have to do and then buy it later. And let's say I get home at, let's say, 10, and the main event's about to start, 10, 10, 30 Central, right? Well, then I I can buy it and just rewind the card if I wanted to, or I could watch the fight and then rewind the card. I just have more options. So to be honest with you, I didn't buy the pay-per-view when I left to go to work. I was at work. I had been talking to a buddy that was interested in, in renting and hanging out and doing it. Um, and so buddy came into the brewery while I was talking or while I was working. We started talking. 
And he's like, let's split it, dude. You know, I got shit to do tonight, too, for a couple hours, so I won't be able to be available to watch it live anyway. So you go do your thing. I think he had his wife, uh, you know, some family stuff they had to do. And so I was like, cool, perfect, dude. You know, so you got, you know, it's 20 bucks. So then when you start to, you know, if it's 75 or 80, some of them are still 70, but that's usually 75 anyway. I saw the UFC bumped up their pay-per-views to 75. I thought they weren't going to be like boxing. <laughs> Too bad they do like 12 a year. But anyway, um, so I was like, screw it. Like, I like I prob- I was going to do it anyway. I was I was on the fence, and then buy- I was probably going to buy it anyway. But when I got the chance to split it, I was like, oh, yeah, for sure I will, because now it's um, and I gotta say, even if I will, I mean, even if I would have paid the whole 40, this was a damn good card. And anyone that denies it, that actually watched it, whether it was live stream or you got to catch some of them on YouTube or, or daily motion or all the best fights or wherever you find the replays, you know, um, anybody that's denying that this wasn't a good pay-per-view undercard, especially a half price one hasn't been paying attention in the last 10 to 15, say 10 to 15 years of undercards. And like I said, we are going to have a pay-per-view list of main events that people are going to scratch their head and be like, that was a, that was a HBO pay-per-view. And you'd be like, Oh, I guess this didn't just start with the PBC. Um, Now let's see what Thurman and Barrios, I still don't have a price on that. My guess is, though, this is just a guess, my guess is it's going to be a full price one. I do like the under, I do like the undercard fights, uh, two out of three. Leo Santa Cruz, once again, I have interest in Santa Cruz, but it's not like he's facing a, a good fight, right? Um, he's getting back, and then he's probably going to fight um, the winner of the, the Wood and uh, Conlon. Um, who knows? Maybe he fights Gary Russell, too. I don't know. But anyway, the other two fights I have interest in then, during the fight news segment, by the way, we will be talking about another fight that it, it sounds like they're going to put that on the Fox main event that night. So it will be another prelim. And uh, it's kind of interesting because it's after another uh, basketball game. This last one, although... When you look at the ratings of both, it really doesn't – the college football totally took that away, any chance of that being a good rating. But, um, I mean, the, the boxing did technically do better than the, the basketball, the college basketball, but it wasn't like it was a big college basketball game. But it sounds like there's a triple header on Fox, and then it's going to lead into that. So, you know, I've been wanting to see some of those lead-ins um, on Fox and on FS1, and, and let's hope. But the, the – uh, Jesus Ramos, it sounds like anyway, is going to be on that undercard. I'm assuming it'll be a doubleheader like those prelims on, on pay-per-view are. So once again, you're going to get six fights that night. So we'll see. Anyway, let's get to this card, okay? Like I said, I did have questions. I did scratch my head. But now that it's Thursday, now that the fight's over, I got my money's worth. And like I said, anybody that's been buying pay-per-views for, for a decade plus know damn well that this was 
you know, as much as I we may not like it, this was a damn good pay-per-view. I can't deny it. I mean, it just was. But anyway, let's go to the main event. Um, you know, Ortiz came out pretty heavy with the jab, jabs to the head and body. Um, Martin landed a, a left hand uh, that knocked him down. I think he landed another left later in that round. But it was kind of like on the back of the head. It was kind of the top of the back of the head, if that makes sense. And that usually means the equilibrium. You're going to fall. You're going to drop. Your legs are going to look bad. So, you know, when you look at this fight and you look at the legs of Ortiz, now he's not going to be on the move much anymore. <laughs> not that he was always uh, on the move because he's usually a guy that does come to you a lot uh, behind that jab and trying to land that big left hand and those hooks and stuff. But, um I don't know if his legs looked that bad for that many rounds based off him getting hit in the side of the head or or what. People kept saying the upper body looked good, but the lower body looked bad. So I'm still in between on, of course, he doesn't have great legs at his age, in, in his 40s, we'll just say, whether that's 42, 43, 44, whatever. Um, but are they that bad? Well, they couldn't have been that bad because he stabled enough to land a great shot. But anyway, second round. So that's where I'm in between. Like, how shot is Ortiz? That's what a lot of people kind of came away with this one. Um, but I got to give credit because, you know, where credit's due, Ortiz did in that second round start landing his double jabs and then followed it up, you know, with some nice straight left hands. I gave him the second round. Um, to me, the, it was kind of a slow round for a little bit uh, in the third. Um, Ortiz definitely wasn't as active. Martin, you could have gave Martin the round probably because of his jabs. The fourth round, once again, left hand early um, in that round. And then another another one like 30 seconds left. Um, it was like he got knocked down from a from a left hand, like a jab. He went down. He got caught, like, just perfectly from the jab from Martin. It was right when you could see Ortiz. I guess he just felt like he got his swag back or something, and he wasn't respecting him, but he dropped, you know. Um, he was landing, you know, he was kind of sticking with the jab in his left hands again. But once again, now all of a sudden you touch the mat twice, and you're like, holy shit, dude, this is going to be tough, you know. Um, and Ortiz came out in the fifth. See, he was landing the bigger shots. Maybe Martin was busier, and he did have some nice late lands in that round, but I gave the round to Ortiz for sure. For me, he he definitely landed the bigger shot, um, or bigger shots, I should say. Then in the sixth round, Martin has, you know, landing that left hand more and more, um, but <laughs> Ortiz lands this lush left hand that just froze him. It froze him like sideways, like he was talking to the audience or whatever. I mean, it was it was nasty. And it's one of those, it comes up once in a while throughout the year. It's kind of one of those walking concussions, they used to call it, where he didn't go out, out, you know, for like five or ten seconds or longer, but it was like a split second, yeah, you're out. To the point where he didn't know where he was. Um, and Ortiz just poured it on with the left hand, several left hands, shoe shine into the body, um, knocks him down again. And and then you had Martin, 
stuck, literally stuck in the ropes. Like his hand was stuck in the ropes, but he was so out of it that it's all, I'm not saying he purposely got it stuck there because it looked kind of funky anyway. I don't know if you'd want to, was it tight enough to take any circulation away or whatever? I don't know, but it was a weird, strange thing, and I and I wonder what the commission rules are, the overall rules there. D- does the ref help him there? Because, um, you know, if, he, if he's half out of the ring, it's not like the ref helps him out, you know. So it was kind of a weird scenario there, but he was done. Martin was done from the jump street. From that left hand, it was done. Um, so anyway, he proceeded to knock him down you know, had score two to more knockdowns, and it was a TKO. He, he was done. He was done. I don't care what anybody says. He w- it was a wrap. It was a wrap. Um, and Martin, because he was so out of it, came over somewhat intensely. Ortiz wasn't looking at him at the start. He had his back to him. He turned around, and he said, this is bullshit. And he kind of went up to him and said, this is bullshit, dude. I'm good. I'm still on my feet, basically, is what it sounded like he was saying. He was saying bullshit. And Ortiz was like, dude, what the – and he pushed him. And, and then it calmed down. You could see as um, Charles Martin's head cleared, I guess you could say, as that was happening, you could see he was like, okay, hold on. Maybe I was out of it. You know, like, hold on. What's going on here? Like, and you could see he was making peace, um, you know, with the corners and Ortiz and everything like that. So it turned out to be good. But I think he was just stunned. And, you know, for him to come over, it was kind of like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're out of it, man. Like, you're proving that you're out of it. So um, so he was pretty mad for a while, but then it hit him that he was that he was done. You know what I mean? So, but a fun fight. I mean, Ortiz, uh, Ortiz still has that power, dude. And like I said, we know his legs aren't great anyway. In your 40s, your legs are never going to be great. But I don't know if his legs were as bad as they seemed, or it just happened to be that equilibrium shot that he got on the top of the back of his head. Sometimes that'll take you... I mean, remember uh, you know, the forehead side of the head shot that Ortiz landed on AJ. It took him a while. I mean, he never really fully recouped. But it took him a while to even look like he could throw good punches back. He was trying to throw punches, but um, but overall, um, it was a damn good fight. Martin put up a really good fight, and I was happy with it. It was, it was a fun fight, dude. It was really fun. And like I said, Ortiz, you know, he bounced back nicely from those knockdowns and, and then just raked him with the left hand, man. Just raked him. Um, What's next for Ortiz? You know, uh, this is the fight that we've been talking about for a little bit. Andy Ruiz did have to have that surgery, a little cleanup on his knee. So, you know, he said he's getting back into training now and, and, and staying in shape and, you know, ready for a big fight. And, and so to me, I mean, unless Ruiz were – able to get, like, Tyson Fury or something like that. I don't know why they wouldn't make this fight. It's a big fight. You know, Ruiz and Ortiz, uh, let's make it happen. You know, it's something we wanted about a year ago. It didn't happen. And, excuse me, and there's really no reason not to do it now. 
Now, does, uh, I don't know, the way Ruiz sounded like he's ready to get back in the ring. You know, I guess he hasn't been out for uh, for over a year. He fought last, what, May 1st or something like that? Was it late April or? I think it was May 1st. Yeah, because I think May 8th was Cinco de Mayo weekend this weekend, or this year. So, he said he's ready to go. Um, we'll talk a little bit about, because Ortiz, like I said, Ortiz and Parker uh, decided to not go to purse bid or go, you know, step into negotiation to become the IBF Mando. And, um, of course, that IBF Mando, was was Usyk the IBF or was he WBA? Yeah, I think he was WBA. I think. Because wasn't IBF, and I yeah, sometimes you lose track of this, was... Was his last Mando the IBF? I can't remember now which one was which. My point is, although the IBF are strict when it comes to the Mando, I don't think their do-up next was my point on that. So I could be wrong on that one, but I, I don't believe so. I don't believe so. No matter what, he wouldn't get a shot. You know, it, well, look at it. If, if AJ were to beat and upset Usyk, then they'd probably have a trilogy. Right, but either way, you know they're going to look to do the undisputed fight. So you're still not going to get a title shot. You know you could be in good range, but you're not going to be a title shot. So um, we'll see. Like I said, I would love to see that Ruiz fight. Why not? And if fights like that are around, I guess you could make an argument for Tyson Fury. But I don't think well, he definitely won't be ready in March. You know. But anyway, um, we do have some Tyson Fury news that we'll talk about as well. But that's the fight I want to see. I think it's a good fight. Um, I think it draws decently on pay-per-view. I think it draws a nice crowd. I think it's a good fight for Ruiz. And, you know, let's get it, let's get it done. I think that would be a damn good fight for both. Um. Some people are saying the trilogy with Wilder and Ortiz. Um, I mean, that's, it's obviously it's not a bad fight, right? Because I just don't know if I want to see that right now. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't go and call it a shitty fight because if you look at, you know, the amount of rounds they've they fought together, Ortiz has the clear advantage in winning rounds. And in both fights, he at least buzzed, fully hurt. Uh, Wilder in the first fight, but even the second fight, he was landing some big, big shots before he got knocked out in, what, the sixth round? So would I be against the fight? I wouldn't be against it because I know it's going to be competitive. And who knows? I mean, we don't know what Wilder's going to look like after that, that you know, war and all that punishment he took in the last fight, you know? So I wouldn't be against it. I just would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, the, the whole fresh matchup thing, because you can make an argument this is Ortiz's best chance to win, you know. Now, he's not fresh either, though, right? So maybe in 2018 when he had him hurt was his best chance to win. But um, I wouldn't be just like, oh, this is a horrible fight. But I do want to see a fresh matchup, and I think that would do it. Now, if Wilder and Ruiz, I get, you know, if, if Andy Ruiz is offered Wilder, then why in the hell would you fight Ortiz when you're going to fight Wilder for more money? That would be a big pay-per-view, 
not saying into a million, but it would be a healthy pay-per-view and a healthy-ass game, no doubt, no doubt about that. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as the other fights on the card, and, of course, there were plenty of them, um, yeah, the Frank Sanchez-Christian Hammer, it just was a slow fight. And you could see Hammer was kind of, he was walking forward the whole time, so you know how they call that mental pressure? So he put a lot of mental pressure on him. But in the end, Frank Sanchez was just kind of coasting. Or not kind of, he was, you know what I mean? Um, there's times like, say, in the third round um, where Sanchez got a little, got something going and started kind of backing him up to dig him to the body. I mean, I'll say this, Sanchez, for a heavyweight, was attacking the body really, really well. The problem was it was one punch at a time. You know, one punch, barely any combos. And so Sanchez got some good rounds, but he just needed to, you know, throw more combos. Even when he had him a little hurt and he started throwing combos, you see how he backed up off him. It's almost like in his nature that amateur stuff comes out and says, all right, you know, I got, I'm winning this round, just just win the round, you know. So that was uh, somewhat of a disappointment, but I'm not shocked. Sanchez needs someone to not only put the mental pressure coming forward on him, but he needs someone to open up on him. Then he'll open up. But he's not going to take necessary threats most of the time. Um, and it, it was – I'm not going to say it was night and day, but it was damn near night and day if you look at his F.A. at Jogba in October and what he was able to do to F.A. and some of the clean shots and, by the way, combinations as well that he landed compared to this one, you know. Like I said, that's dope that they're keeping him active. You know, he's had five fights in a very short amount of time, so that that's helpful. Not to say this fight didn't do anything for him, but, yeah, it was just being a – you're in a co-feature. Um, it literally came down to, like, if Sanchez would have thrown – three or four combos around. He may have gotten him out of there, and maybe Christian Hammer would have been like, okay, this dude's trying to really knock me out here. I'm going to have to do something. Uh, so I had it like eight to two, I think it was. Or no, wait, maybe I'm looking at – yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a different card. But um, so, yeah, that one, not much there to, to be pumped about. Uh, I really like Frank Sanchez, don't get me wrong, as far as who he can beat. I get it stylistically sometimes. And like I said, if a guy is going to come at you and not throw punches, he'll, he's just, he's, uh, you know, he's happy enough or, 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 you know, just like I'm good, dude. I'm winning this fight. I'm not going to take risks, you know. So that was the only fight. And like I said, out of seven fights, five on the pay-per-view and two on Fox, out of seven fights, um, you know, to, to be happy with five of them, I'm cool. The other one was Coffey and, and Johnny Rice. And both these guys came in worse shape than the, re, or than the original fight, especially Rice, the guy who won the fight. He was like, was he like 13 pounds more or something like that? Um, you could kind of see that Rice, the first, I think it was, I, I think I wrote this down. 
yeah, for the first three rounds, they both landed 16 apiece. Which for heavyweights, that's not the that's not the horrible number, but it was more like I don't remember like a big land in there. So if you're only going to be landing about five punches around at heavyweight, you'd like it to be you know bigger shots, right? But then, and you can tell that Rice was pacing himself because he wasn't in tip-top shape. Definitely wasn't in the shape that he was prior in that other fight because he was way more active. So, um, once the, say, fifth, the first three rounds for sure were slow, you could kind of see the jab right hand happening a little bit for Rice in the fourth round, and Kafe made a late rally. Uh, Rice with the straight right hands and more left hooks, flush-ass shots, you know. Um, And I think Kafe got a pretty nasty cut in the sixth round. So down the stretch, it definitely got better, right? It definitely got better. But I just think those first three to four rounds just kind of put a dud on the fight. Knowing that you had already seen a more exciting fight, that's where it was like, eh, but Rice finished strong, but... He probably could have stopped him again had he just been in better shape. Um, so through 10 rounds, it was 108 to 60. For, so he clearly outpunched him 28% to 16. Uh, one scorecard had it, or two had it, 97-93. The other one had it, 99-91. I, this is what I was thinking. I had it 7-3 to three or 8-2. to two, More than likely 8-2, to two, but maybe 7-3 tops. Um, and a lot of that was just rice. Kafe had his little moments, and I'm talking little, but it it seemed like it was just Rice pacing himself. So it's kind of funky because I really am intrigued in Johnny Rice now as a fringe contender, but he's just got to be in better shape. You know, you can't come that much heavier. When it's a planned fight, you know, a planned fight. It's not like you came on short notice this time, right? So that's what kind of had me scratching my head. I was like, well, what the hell? How do you come with a planned fight and now you're out of shape? So definitely want to see where where Johnny Rice goes, but I really hope that he, uh, you know, this was a good opportunity for him to repeat. And don't get me wrong, he won the fight cleanly. And he said some funny shit after the fight, too. He was like, he's a funny dude, you know? What did he say? His mom, he, he promised his mom that he's going to make her a, a, a grandma. <laughs> but he doesn't have a girlfriend yet, but he's working on that. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's like, we're, we're still working on that. So it's, it's going to be a tough one. Um, so that was funny. But, yeah, a little disappointed there. Then you had Gerald Washington and uh, Den Marazin. Demarazin? Ali Aren Demarazin, I think it is. Dan Marazin. Um and I was intrigued in this one because I wanted to see Demers and, you know, coming off that FA loss a few years back, I kind of wanted to see he bounce back, won some fights. And, you know, Washington early in the fight, you know, I gave him round one. I thought he was busier. Um, but you couldn't give him too many more rounds after that. I mean, he had his, his, he had his moments, but he gassed pretty early and got hurt fairly early, too. The left hooks, overhand rights. Actually, the second round, late in that round, was super back and forth, now that I think about it. Um, or maybe that was the third round. 
but uh, the left hooks and overhand rights by uh, Demarizin were just finding a home. And, and when you look at the two, Washington is definitely the more put-together guy. Demarizin could get some of that, I'll just call it baby fat off of him. But um, he's just an active fighter, and he's coming strong. And, you know, come fourth, fifth, sixth, he was just walking him down, landing the better shot, being busier. Washington, you know, would, would land the jab and a few right hands. But, I mean, he walked him down. There's no doubt about it. I was very impressed with what I saw out of him. And uh, started adding even more pressure, more pressure, hooks with both hands. And come, what, eighth round, it was a TKO stoppage, um, the corner stoppage. So, uh, really impressed with what I saw out of Demarazin. And, you know, he's still on that fringe contender spot. So, I think, uh, you know, I think we got something there. You know what I mean? I think he's a good fighter. And maybe he's just going to be a B-side. Maybe not. I don't know. Well, more than likely, it'll just be a good B-side. And and, and that's why you, you put cards together and try to stack him with as many of the same weight. Obviously, this one was heavyweight because now he can mix and match. Maybe him and Rice would be a damn good fight. You know what I mean? So, Frank Sanchez, whatever. Like, this is uh, – he, he made a good name for himself on this card. I'll say that. I, I was really – I liked what I saw. And, you know, he shows shades of what he can do in that F.A. Ajagba fight. He just couldn't necessarily get over the top. Whoops. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I I definitely liked what I saw out of him. I, I thought it was, uh, you know, a damn good performance. Now, the first fight on the pay-per-view, anyway, um, what is it, Kalatse? I think it's Kalatse and uh, Faust. Faust. Uh, Victor Faust. That's that 8-0 prospect. Now he's 9-0, but... Um, you know, he's got a lot of uh, the pedigree stuff, the amateur career, and, and you know, they're going to move him pretty good. So I did think Kalatse was like a good test at this range. You know, I thought, all right, dude, let's, let's see what, he, what he's got. Because although the Kalatse dude's limited, you know, he'll put on a damn good fight. I mean, he, he gets it in, and you're, usually you have to kind of, brawl his ass out there, and that's exactly what happened, dude. I mean, this was a wild fight, dude. It only went, what, two rounds? Yeah, two rounds, but this this was crazy, dude. Um, Faust came out, um, landed like a jab, and then a right-hand left hook scored a knockdown. Um, Then that Kalatse lands a counter right hand and knocks him into the ropes, and you know, all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, this is, uh, this is going to be, he's scoring knockdowns and shit. It was like back and forth. Then uh, Faust got up and landed, I think, two left hooks, something like that, and he knocks him down. So he got three knockdowns in the first round. Um, and then you had Kalatse, I think, these looping wide right hands, dude, like three or four of them. He was just 
really landed on Faust. So I thought, dude, I knew this was going to be a good test and whatnot, but I didn't know it was going to be like this. Um, so then you're like, all right, dude, well, this is going to be a war. This is a great way to start the card. Um, and you started to see, like, um, Kalatse landed his jab with the left hook and counter right hands. Um, you had that Victor Faust, you know, bloody nose. You know, he, it was like he, he definitely cried. I don't know if he, you know, if he bent it and he was bloody, like it was broken, but it was definitely bleeding. Um, then there was a left hand that, uh, you know, he scored a knockdown on and uh, landed pretty damn good, obviously. But when Kalatse got up, you know, you can, you can argue this stoppage, okay? Obviously, Kalatse, and he pushed the ref, right? And when I first saw it, I thought, ah, you know what, dude? Like, he already had oh boy on the mat. This seems like a, a, a shootout. You might as well let this shit go, you know? So my first instinct was like, mm, that was early. That was early. But when you saw the replay and then saw it again, that wobbly, not being able to balance yourself when you're walking backwards away from the ref and you're, you're wobbly, and then he says, come to you, do you want to, you know, he didn't really respond the first time. He said, come to, you know, come to me, do you want to fight? And he tried to come to him, and he was wobbly. He didn't actually answer him the first time. Then he was like, no, dude, I'm good, I'm good, you know. So it's debatable. I, I see a lot of debate, you know, that later that night when I was checking out card. and um, It was debatable, but when I see the replay, and I – and, of course, it wasn't a, a brawl. It was a war. You know, I could kind of see where the, the ref was coming at because his legs, I'm not going to say they were 100% gone, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But they they, they were gone. They were kind of gone. You know what I mean? Like, when I saw that replay and how he couldn't really balance himself, and then it was a bit of a hesitation when he said, come forward and are you Okay. That, with that said, though, I do think he was okay enough. He could have, he could have went on because, you know, Kalatse, like I said, he had the energy, everything else passed that. Of course, you could say the same thing about Charles Martin, but it, but we saw Charles Martin literally freeze in the ring, you know. So he was out on his feet. Whereas, at least you can make an argument that hey, they probably should have let this one go a little longer. I'm kind of. Like, I get that, and my first instinct was that, but when I saw the replay, let's just put it this way. I've seen worse stoppages, okay? And that's not, I mean, it does suck, you know, for, I guess you could say, the B-side in this thing. It, that does suck, but when I look at it, I'm not sure if it was like, you know, the worst call. I, I just don't, I don't know about that Um. Now, as far as the Fox uh, main events in the co-feature, that double letter, um, and this one was the prelim on Fox. That, that's, you know, I think what they had, ten, the deal called for 10, I mean, the original deal, called for 10, paper, 10 uh, main events. Now we might be getting 10 pay-per-views. But now it, it called for 10 Fox main events, usually about two of them, would be like an hour early. So in Central Time, it's 5 to 7, or really it'd be 6 to 8. This pay-per-view started an hour early, but 
you know, usually 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock Eastern is when pay-per-views generally start, right? Now, those Sunday pay-per-views, they're starting them an hour early for obvious reasons. you got to work in the morning. But um, it's a two-hour clip there. So, um, And we now pretty much know, it's not official, but we pretty much know who's going to be the Fox uh, prelim February 5th doing it. It's a pretty good, it's a good prospect fight. But anyway, um, you know, Romero Duno is a heavy hitter. He came in there, what, 20, 22 and two or 24 and two bunch of knock knockouts. I don't think it's 20. I think it's like 18 or 19. I think it's 19. And so to me, you know, in your 15th fight, Frank Martin, this is a, I don't have a problem with this being, you know, on, on the television, right? Like this is a, this is a decent set for him. Um, like it's okay. Uh, I'm not trying to make Duno out to be a world beater. I remember the people that don't necessarily like Ryan Garcia sure tried to uh, make him out to be a killer. And funny, actually Gomez and Oscar <laughs> were saying, because uh, remember when Ryan Garcia wanted a little bit more money, wanted to redo his deal for obvious reasons. Um, they were trying to say that Duno, they were ducking Duno, and then look what he did to Duno. It's kind of funny. His own people, his own representation said he was ducking him, but that was not the case. Um, you know, Martin to me, though, looked really good. He did what he had to do. Was he supposed to win this fight? Yes. And he did it in pretty good fashion. You know, he, he was real smooth. Throwing that jab out there, landed some nice left hands. By the time the second round came around, he started, you know, landed more. Second and third round, he started landing, like, harder combinations. Um, and was it a clean left hand, I think, was the first knockdown. And then the second one, I think, was another left hand, if I, if I remember correctly. And uh, it was a TKO. Um, overall, I thought Frank Martin looked damn good at this fight. I was like, okay, that, that was a clean performance. Some people are a little higher than others on him. Some people are kind of middle of the road. They don't really know what to think all the way. But um, now moving to 15-0 and 0 in like, is it 10 or 11 knock, knockouts? I can't remember. But um, I liked it. I thought it was a, a pretty damn good performance. Um, now the undercard opener, the co-feature, was only a doubleheader. This was a good matchup, and we kind of knew it on paper. You, you know, you have two Cuban heavyweights, one 6-0, and uh, Bruson, I think that's what his, his name is, and then Pero, uh, Linear, uh, Pero was 5-0. and So it's literally, this kind of felt like a showbox card or a showbox fight, but with, uh, I would say, on both sides, a little bit higher degree of pedigree coming in than you know what I mean? Because usually you don't know one of them, and, you know, on Showbox. You'll maybe know one of the undefeated. The other ones, you're like, eh, I'm not sure, you know. Um, whereas this one was like a step up from that. But this fight freaking popped off. Now, um, I did have Pero, you know, winning the fight for quite some time. Um, the first, let's see, three or four rounds, somewhere in that realm, I gave. Uh, Pero goes. I thought he won. Uh, there was a lot of good action, though. Um, I liked what he was doing to the body. Um, but even round one was close. Very close. Um, you had uh, 
Urson landed some decent shots in the second, but like late, maybe 50 or 40 seconds left, there was a right hook that landed just so hard. The left hands landed flush for Pero. That the left hand, of course, but those right hooks were very effective. Then, you know, as the fight got to the middle rounds, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, that's where I thought Brusson definitely got back into it. Um, he standed. He just started up at his pace, landed more and more uh, big left hands, hard combinations. Uh, it looked like at the end of the fifth or sometime in the fifth that Pero was definitely buzzed if not full-on hurt in that round. Um, and, you know, went on to land the better shots in the sixth round as well. So it was like, dude, this, this fight's evening out because there was no knockdowns at that point. And out of both of them, both of them came to fight, both of them, you know, have some sort of future at heavyweight. But Pero looks like he can lose some a little weight off his midsection. Not that he was out of shape not saying that and some guys just aren't going to look as good as others right um you could say that for females as well fighters but and i don't mean looks like they're pretty or whatever or good looking i'm saying your body sometimes it just you can be stronger than someone and their body just looks better so i'm not saying peril was out of shape i mean they, they fought an eight rounder you know what i mean so it wasn't he was doing his thing but i did like how bruce Song got in the fight and really started Landed some big, big shots. I did think the seventh went to peril, though. Uh, hooks with both hands. Uh, ne- definitely, like, landing good body works. But then I gave uh, Bruce on the, the eighth round. He started landing combinations, especially early, a little bit late. Um, that last round, right hooks uh, late in the fight by peril. But the way they closed that, closed that fight, it made you want to see the ninth and tenth round. And let's say in two or three years, a 12-rounder, because um, Bruce Vaughn was, was definitely coming on down the stretch. So I had it um, like 5-3 to three for Pero. Um, I think the, the scorecards read two of them, 78-74, and then 77-75. Um, Pero had the land advantage, 145-117. to 117. Um but 508 thrown Pero and Brazon 425 in eight rounds at heavyweight. I mean, how many times do we see both guys in the high 300s or somewhere in the 400 for a 10 or make that a 12-round fight at times? These dudes were, you know, 425 and 508 through eight rounds at heavyweight. So these dudes, that's why I'm not trying to say Pero was out of shape. I want to reiterate that because I know someone's going to say something about it. But – that was a damn good heavyweight fight. So, yeah, I had it 5-3, maybe 5-2-1. I know that's sacrilegious, the, 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 the tied round or whatever in there. But it was a clear win by Pero, but a hard, hard fought one. Man. So, um, damn good fight. And I heard that, or it's actually official, that, and this is what we need more of, and I'm not trying to highlight it just because it's the PBC but we've talked about it, the pros and cons of it over the years. Um, you know, Pero is going to be working with the PBC, right? He's on that side now, which obviously makes sense. Look at all the heavyweights that just fought that day, right? That's that whole mix and match thing. 
when six out of the seven fights are heavyweight fights, we all saw him on one day where we could just mix and match, right? But Brusson fought so well that he's also got picked up, or at least I don't know if he signed directly with Al or, you know, just his management's going to – the whole point is moving forward, they're both now going to work with the BBC. So, which I like in this scenario. Like we said, there's pros and cons, but this is a pro here because you got on your televised spot. Bruce, you know, Bruce on had a, a kind of a rough start. He didn't win many rounds of the first three, four rounds there, but then made a run. So you, you, you made a great account for yourself. So, you know, it's not always fair in boxing. Life's not fair, but especially boxing, right? But it's pretty dope. You know, and dare I say anything great about Al Heyman, I know I'll get some messages for this or whatever, but this is dope. The guy fought his ass off, and he's only 6-1. and one. He's only had seven fights. You can't say the dude's career's done now, so I like it. So both of them are going to move on, at least for the you know foreseeable future. Um, but, yeah, I liked what I saw at apparel. Like I said, those left hands were great. That right hook was so you could see it was a like I said it felt like a show box because they're both undefeated but this was a higher level because you could see the skill you kind of see like they had pedigree from the amateurs but they sure as hell didn't fight like they were in the amateurs and maybe because you are starting to see a, a tad bit different fighting style now in the amateurs more minorly not majorly, but you are seeing a difference in the scoring and all that. And, you know, the headgear thing, too. Um, and all those world boxing, you know, the, 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 the World Series of Boxing, you know, you got a lot of five-round fights. Or were they seven-round? I think they're five-round fights. So, it, to me, these, these guys didn't look like they were – they looked like they were Cuban amateurs, but they didn't, if that makes sense. And maybe this new wave of Cuban amateurs aren't going out. They're not going to be on the back foot as much because um, a, a fair amount of them aren't, <laughs> you know. This new batch of them, I'm not saying different breed. You know, Arislani Lara is very talented. Rigo's very talented, right? But look at morale. You know, look at some of these guys, even Frank Martin in this fight. So anyway, well, actually, that's, that's wrong. But then you can say, well, Frank Sanchez, okay, well, he – he kind of showed that style, right? So, um, but all in all, um, you know, say what you want. We definitely had questions going into this one, but I split the pay-per-view, so I paid 20 bucks. But I would, even if I paid 40 for this one, like I said at the beginning here, if I like five out of the seven fights, you can't really name too many pay-per-views like that, especially – that, that little emphasis on the half price, you know? If this is fully priced, I still would have gotten something out of it, and I would have split it, and I still think 40 would have been good enough for me if I split it. But full price, I think I would have side-eyed it all the way, whereas this one I was in between, in between, and decided to do it, and I'm happy I did. So here at Rope Over Radio, the podcast here, we actually wait to see what happens in the ring before we just fully judge it, right? And we'll see. We'll see. Like I said, that Thurman Barrios, if it's a full-priced one, I have, I have, I've tried to find information on it, 
I have yet to get the answer on if it's full price or not. My hunch is it's full price because Thurman, Barrios isn't going to come really cheap now, right, because he's coming off a big fight. And then Leo Santa Cruz is not cheap either. So I'm getting, you know, they're bigger names too. So I'm guessing that it's going to be full price. I hope they put that in the theater, though. I hope they put that in the theater. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those where I'll watch it with some friends and split the price. But I'm not overly anxious to pay for that one the full price. You know what I mean? But if they made that one 40 with that undercard in what potentially is the main event in that Fox prelim, I think it's – now that gives it a little – okay, you gave me half the price. We'll see. Um, but anyway, I was entertained. And everybody has set their standards on what is entertainment value. I get that some people just don't want to pay pay-per-views pay at all. Some people only will pay for literally the best versus the best. Um, and that doesn't always mean even Canelo and Plant, because a lot of people don't think, oh, well, that Plant isn't the best versus the best, even though it's undisputed. They think Benavides is better or whatever, you know. So to me, I got my money's worth. You can send messages, which I know it will. You can say I'm, you know, trying to sugarcoat this pay-per-view. If you heard us talk about this pay-per-view, we didn't sit there and, you know, say smell the roses. This thing's beautiful. You know what I mean? We, we, we criticized it too. But, and we don't want to see this every month. But I got to say, pound for pound, bang for buck, I got it. I got it. I mean, this one was cheaper than the Tyson Roy Jones, you know. I don't pay for exhibitions on pay-per-view. You guys know that, but I got a lot of shtick for saying I don't I don't want to buy that one. But I, I didn't think that was worth it for me personally. Everyone's got their own shit. It's no big deal. Anyway, um, like I said, we will talk a little bit more um, about you know for some fight news. There is some fights that got announced recently. Um, some interesting you know maneuver fights. Uh, Jesse Vargas, his fight got moved, which um, it's kind of weird. It got moved, but I think it's going to sell more tickets where it's at. So I think that works. But there are some other fights that uh, have been officially announced that will go over, of course, the boxing Twitter segment. Um, and, you know, like I said, other news, other news. Uh, Spence and Ugas both talked about their fight this weekend. Canelo was in the crowd. Uh, his whole, his whole uh, shout out to Canelo. Either way, but his whole interview, I'm pretty sure he did in English as well. So he's, I like how he's because he always could do it. But the thing he 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 didn't like how he sounded, so he was a little embarrassed. He was a little shy. Um, but now I think like he's getting a lot of uh, attention for it. People are like, oh shit, you know and and, he, and he's a funny dude, you know. He's a funny guy. So I think now that he's getting more comfortable, it's not like he's all of a sudden getting necessarily better at it. He's just – he's been able to do this, you know. And you can tell when people ask him questions, he he understands what the hell they're talking about. 
maybe maybe he'll uh, answer in Spanish, but you know he knows. So it's kind of cool that he's coming out of his shell a little bit. If you've seen that video of him partying over the weekend, <laughs> that was funny to see Canelo in prime form, dude. Good for him, man. He's definitely uh, earned some time off and some vacation time, man, because he had a busy. What do you have? Four fights in eleven months? I mean, that shit was crazy. So um, good for him, man. It's nice to see Canelo, but other people were out there too, of course. Of course, Ugas is out there and whatnot. Um, and somehow Frank Sanchez just said some goofy stuff. Where's the quote? Some of these quotes, I'm like, did Frank say that or just, did his promoter or manager say that? Because what was the quote? Oh, here it is. Frank Sanchez, this is BoxingScene.com. This is the headline. I'll easily KO Tyson Fury. Alexander Usyk is even easier. He doesn't have technique. It's like, well, if there's one thing that Usyk does have, there's two things. Well, three. He has defense, too, but stamina and and technique. (laughs) So for Frank Sanchez to say, I'll knock out Fury, no problem. And actually, the Usyk fight's easier because he doesn't even have technique. Well, shit, Usyk's not going to come at you, dude, per se. So he he might try to outbox you, Frankie. But anyway, I thought that was kind of goofy. It's like, are you saying that, or is your manager saying that, your promoter? Because uh, this is getting weird. <laughs> Sometimes these quotes come out, and you're just like, it's just silly. We know Canelo said you're going to be a champ within a year. We get that to say that, right? Um. But, yeah, <laughs> especially coming off that performance. Maybe he's trying to make up for the one-punch-at-a-time performance. And so he's like, oh, I'll kill that dude. I'll dominate him. Anyway, um, like I said, we'll preview a little bit of that Showbox Talk News. Let's bring in – shoot, switchboard just went a little funky. Okay, there we go. Let's bring in John to the fold and see how he's doing, how his New Year went. And whatnot. What's going on, John? How you doing, man? Hey, Chris. Uh, good, great to be here as always. Just was enjoying listening to you break down things from uh, Saturday night, and I felt like my New Year was off to a good start with that uh, Fox PBC card, starting out from the uh, regular Fox, going right through the pay-per-view heavyweight card. Uh, I thought for thirty-nine ninety-five, it ended up. Working out well. Put me in the uh, plus category for last Saturday night, New Year's night, which made it a cool thing as well because it was kind of a non-traditional boxing date that with the fade of the college football bowls, which as we both follow that as well, and we could go all day on that on another subject, but I mean with opt-outs and playoffs, uh, obviously it's not what it used to be. So, you know, to me, that uh, that night's an opportunity. So uh, I, I thought, all in all, it it worked out well, and we'll we'll go through those fights together. But you know, my take on that was a lot of spectacular action. Then you had uh, Sanchez, as you were just alluding to, you know, not really doing his job, so to speak. But but let's also add. But this, of course, was not a good part of the card. You know, Christian Hammer, we know it was extremely short notice, but the guy doesn't come to fight. I mean, he really hasn't been. And 
I think punch stats are of limited use, but sometimes they do tell the story. And I believe I thought I saw Dan Canobio tweet out after that fight that I, I think Hammer threw like the lowest, the lowest amount. That's of right in the tenth for, round. For a t- the yeah, tenth round, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think through the fight, through the fight, I think it was through the whole so, fight. I think it was through the whole fight, and you know, your your the, the naked eye test was this guy's not fighting. He was doing, you know, some guys try right. to fool you with that marching forward, but but just with their hands up where their hands never move, and right. you know, they're, they're trying to BS everyone into that they're doing something and they're just there in pure survival mode, you know, rather than running around the ring, and and you know. It, you see that more often than people think. And, and this was, you know, it was such short notice, but I'm sure PBC had some tough options there, but I did tweet that out before the fight. The card, I like the idea on the whole, but, you know, um, when they groan, as you and I both said, you know, he'll, he'll try, he'll throw, even though he's not a massive puncher. And, you know, when, when he went out, yeah, we know it was short notice, but, you couldn't you couldn't have gotten a worse option than Hammer. That, that's where you really got to think about moving Sanchez's date. I think they're thinking showcase, and you know, as we can both say, have a look at that fight. Uh, what kind of showcase is that? But that that was the main negative. So in this case, I'm going over the the negative first. It, it was yeah. overwhelmingly positive on the whole for me. Might as well get the other negative out of the way. It was you know, 180, by the way, real quick. 180 okay. punches, 24 lands, and it did. It tied the record for a 10-round fight, not in a good way. <laughs> right. I mean, so that was that was where punch stats mattered. It reflected, you know, what you felt like was going on there. But Sanchez has has got to press a guy like that to get rid of him. As I treated, tweeted out during the fight, you know, I was incredulous seeing it. You know, why the hell was Frank Sanchez backing away from that man? I mean, the guy was not fighting. I mean, what what are you backing away from? And I think you made an excellent point as I was listening to you uh, go go over all the action. I think you're absolutely right. I don't think enough people realize this and point it out. I think we are getting better amateurs now for the pros like we used to get as the scoring system has changed and the headgear went off. But that's not Frank Sanchez. He He is in that style of what you were getting for a couple of decades that hurt a lot of guys as pro. And, and when you see him in with a, a Christian hammer, who's not fighting, he's just not adjusting. I mean, that, that's where it's kind of like, it's just reflex and he, he's not making the adjustment, whatever he's doing in the gym. I mean, I would assume Reynoso is trying to do some things with him in the gym. I saw him throw, half-heartedly a couple of body shots and I was thinking they were probably working on that but it's just not ingrained with the guy but the other negative I was getting to was I'm going to get the negative out of the way first I felt positive about the whole thing but the, the other negative there were two to me was rice and coffee the rematch was a great idea for this card for what they were trying to do good matchup you could almost see how it you know the first fight had a shocking result really you could see where the matchup really could have been good, but both guys came in out of shape. And, you know, for coffee, it was seven pounds heavier than the first fight. So basically it's not an exaggeration to say his career was on the line in this one. 
and he didn't come prepared. And then, you know, Johnny Rice was, what, 18 pounds heavier or 15 pounds heavier than the first fight. And, you know, he he obviously did not look anything like he did in that first fight. But what he did bring was still enough to handle and, and also not in the best shape, coffee. And coffee just... You know, he was fighting at the end with his eye closing, so he, you know, he didn't, he didn't actually quit. But this, to me, in both fights with Rice, he just doesn't really look like a guy that that really wants to be there. And you know, we know this is pro boxing. We have to take it as you know, you get in that ring. Of course, you're you're risking your life. All that stuff being understood. But now we're pairing fighters. You know, he didn't turn pro till he was thirty. It was going to be tough as it was, and you know when the level of resistance he's gotten from Rice in the two fights, I see a different coffee where he, he just kind of looks like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much, I don't know how much I want to be doing this. Um, and, you know, Rice, I don't know if he just felt like he handled coffee so easily the first time that he didn't feel threatened or whatever, but, but still he's got plenty of losses on his record. This this is career revival, the opposite for him. He he couldn't afford to risk that because he and he didn't look good, so he still hurt himself to some degree. I agree with everybody. The, the post fight interview was funny and that matters, but he got a clear win, no doubt about it. But he didn't help himself by coming in out of shape, as I also tweeted out during that one. I, I think it's worth mentioning again, having watched all those fights as they happened. It reminded me of one of those lost generation of 80s heavyweight fights and not in a good way but that's what it for anybody younger that's what it constantly felt like watching those guys like you you thought this matchup's pretty intriguing and then you saw both of them come in out of shape you know you could go back to those quote-unquote classics of like tubs page and uh you know wither witherspoon page one and uh you know tim witherspoon coming in out of shape with Frank Bruno could him out anyway. There were just so many of those fights over the years uh, with those with those 80s heavyweights. You know, of course, Michael Dokes would be up and down, and all, all that all that type of stuff. It, it, when I saw both of those guys kind of squandering that spotlight, that opportunity like that, it, it reminded me of the 80s. So that that was the that was the not as good, and then everything else was good. I mean, the prelim fight. You know, on regular Fox, too, heavyweights, Perro and Bruzone, just, I mean, a great fight. Getting it on like that, that was for free. So let's count that as part of the same. It was part of the same card, just televised. Right. One on, there were seven one televised one fights that night. Right. I mean, you couldn't get off to a better start. Just a great heavyweight fight between undefeated prospects. I mean, just going at it, a great fight. Uh, then you had Frank Martin. I thought he was misplaced on the card again. Just nitpicking. Um, I wouldn't have had Christian Hammer come in as a sub if I'm going to have Frank Sanchez in there. Just it, almost anybody could have been better. Um, and you got to you got to be careful. You know where you're going to use Frank Sanchez. So that that and then you know Frank Martin who looked great, totally dispatched of Duno in impressive fashion. Love him as a prospect, but I just thought this night worked out overall so good for the heavyweights, starting with Perro Bruzone sure. that. The Martin fight would have been better off on the Thurman card, Thurman night or something like that. I mean, it seemed to me that would have made sense. But then we got to the the main heavyweight pay per view card, 
I mean, I think people should be talking about it even more, even though everybody who saw it knew how good it was. I think a lot of people who didn't buy in just didn't catch it, and so they weren't saying anything. I mean, that right. Faust Ivy fight was like a Foreman Lyle twenty twenty two. You know, I'm not saying quite on the same level, but you know, it was that kind of crazy action. I it mean, was, that was silly. Pay per view yeah. opener, and just both guys. I felt like away, it's your money worth that. right there. You're like, well, right. I'm probably going to get my money's worth now because I got four more fights. Uh, I, I thought I mean, it's not a stretch to say that. For thirty nine ninety five. I mean, if you're a real boxing fan, it's just straight out the truth. You got your money's worth with that right there. I mean, because that, that was just a great heavyweight fight. It was one of the, you know, the most exciting type of heavyweight fights you're ever going to see. Uh, and that was your opener. So uh, one thing I think people are missing in that, and I wanted to get a chance to talk about it with you, Chris, tonight, is I think people are, and I'll put myself out on a limb on this considering what just happened Saturday night, you know, I think people are are sleeping on Faust too much. Um, A lot of times you can make lazy comparisons where you, you know, compare people of the same race or, or ethnic lines or things like that. With that understood, I don't, I don't think anybody should do that too much. It's lazy. But with that out of the way, I mean, before this fight, you know, I thought Faust, he, he does fight like Vladimir Klitschko at times. You know, he, and he's Ukrainian as well. We know that. But just the size, the style. So, of course, then you're thinking, oh, well, we just saw him against Kalaidzi, and, you know, he got, he got dropped heavily twice. And as you said, he was even busted up. You know, so so it's like everybody's automatically discounting him. Um, he's only had eight fights, you know, going in. I mean, you know, Kalaji comes to fight. He's a veteran. Faust got up and got the big KO. Uh, you know, it was stopped, but, you know, those were heavy knockdowns he was landing. The guy's a big puncher, and he has some skills. And here's what I'm getting at. Remember, Vladimir Klitschko, when he was in distress against Ross Purity, who wasn't a guy on a high level, he quit. Uh, he got knocked out by Corey Sanders. You know, he got knocked out by Lehman Brewster. Uh, he got knocked down by Devaro Williamson. I mean, and, and even the Brewster knockout and, and, you know, Williamson, that was after Emmanuel Stewart got with him. Then it was only when he got with Sam Peter, who was formidable at the time, and he got dropped twice. And then he, he bit down, and that was a great fight. You know, he started coming back with power shots, and then kind of the old, the rest is history. He developed that more safety first style, but then he just he just didn't lose. You know, he went on a decade run. So I'm not saying Victor Faust is going to be Vladimir Klitschko. It's just when I said with Joey Spencer does some things that remind me of Canelo on his way up, but there are things reminiscent. I'm not backing off on that either. You know, no matter what people say, you know, we watch prospects to evaluate them for these kind of things. I mean, that's why you're watching them. So if you conclude, I don't think this guy is going to be able to end up fighting or being any good, that's actually okay. And I think if you conclude, Hey, I I see some things like somebody on a higher level that this guy brings, I think it's worth pointing out. So I want to say it now because this would be the time that a lot of people are going to be in the other direction. I'm not down on Faust. I think he's going to be pretty formidable. I think that PBC, if they can keep working with him, I think he'd be a good guy to have around. And I think you made an excellent point, which I don't see enough people making, and I've been thinking the same thing you thought. 
I think PBC is really on to something here with this all heavyweights card where they got a lot of good action. Um, you know, you start getting people to know these guys, and then you can just mix and match them. You know, I mean, you know, like you could, I mean, they, they could just go in different directions, but like it leads to one of the other fights. I think, I mean, Washington and Marizan was entertaining. I mean, it wasn't on the level of the Faust Kalazi or the Ortiz Martin, but it was an entertaining fight. Uh, Washington was. with some big shots early and, you know, he keeps coming and Washington ran out of gas as we all saw, but it was an, enter- it was entertaining. I mean, these guys were throwing punches. It was good action. I mean, you know, there wasn't a lot of holding or anything like that. And what I like about Demarais and that, you don't see much nowadays. And, and one thing that makes it kind of a good mix for him is he, he, he's not a banger. He's obviously not a banger if you've seen him enough, um, but he brings pressure with, and the modern heavyweights don't do that. And I think it's actually probably for good reason that with how big the guys are nowadays, it's not that it wouldn't be effective, but it's just, it's, it's hard to ask a human being, even a pro heavyweight to, you know, let's say, you know, just, just walk through the shots of Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua and, you know, put pressure, put pressure, on, you know, put pressure on might, might be effective, you know, might, might get you win, but it's not going to be too good for your physical or mental health. And, you know, you might get your head taken off along the way. So uh, you don't see that much anymore. Like, in other words, you, you know, you don't, you don't see Joe Frazier types, even, even with the pressure style, not, not even the size, yeah. just the pressure style. And I think that's right. really what it is. It's not that it wouldn't be effective. It's just the physical price you have to pay to do that with the size of these heavyweights nowadays. I think for most heavies makes it something that, that they're just not going to do. Um, but this guy, I, you know, I know his top uh, – competition at this point's Washington and the Jogba, but you know, both of those guys can bring some pop, especially the Jogba. And he went, you know, he, he stopped Washington. He went, he went all the way with the Jogba. So he's doing, he, he does that. And he's got an amateur pedigree. So when he does it, it's not like he has no skill to fall back on. I mean, that's his style, but it doesn't mean he's a slick boxer, but he does have some amateur pedigree. He was, he was an Olympian, Turkish Olympian, you know, he, he's got some he's got some amateur pedigree. So what I'm getting to is when you talk about the mix and match, now I'm with Frank Sanchez, I'm not saying it wouldn't end up being a boring fight, but with Sanchez being hard to match, to me that guy's a perfect guy to put in with Frank Sanchez. Because right. he'll try to he'll try to put pressure on and he's a high volume heavyweight. So at least if Sanchez is gonna do his typical backing off like you said, not punching in combination, throwing one shot. At least, at least Demarizan. I'm not saying he's going to beat him or anything like that, but at least he'll be coming at him, you know, throwing punches. At, at least it, it yeah. puts Sanchez in a better style matchup. I mean, that, that's something that I thought of. You could at least try there, is you know. But but I love the mix and match idea because I think you know Fox exposure is good and. PBC, you know, Fox does a good job of promoting those pay-per-views. Whether people like it or not, these guys are getting a lot more exposure than other fighters. And what I'm thinking is if you run two or three of these heavyweight cards a year, 
just mix and matching, just sure. almost the same ten guys, and the fights are good. Yeah, that's a good point because then you can really keep track of them. Yeah, you, you, people get to know guys like that. That's their memories, and that's how they identify with fighters. Even if maybe some of the guys aren't the best heavyweight, and you know, people and a lot of, especially in the U.S. I mean, people want to see heavyweight boxing. I mean, the hipsters don't like it, but you know, the hipsters didn't build boxing. I mean, and things change, but still, I, I can say this without knocking any any of them. Um, you know, you're, you're not gonna. You're not going to sell boxing in the U.S. with guys fighting in alphabet-created divisions like 115 pounds and 108 pounds and 105. It's not. It's just not going to happen. I mean, the UFC doesn't even run those divisions for the males. You know, whether you like UFC or not, I mean, that's for a reason. You know, White created eight weight. You know, had eight UFC weight classes that that he went with and he's not, he's not going with these lower weight classes. So, you know, UFC at the U S based promotion, you know, MMA, but still it's, so this actually is where things can, things can build. If you, if you go to this enough, now we don't know what the pay-per-view numbers were, but 40, 40 bucks was good. And of course the main covered the rest of it. So might as well get to the main event. I mean, um, Ortiz and Martin ended up being a shootout. I mean, Charles Martin scored two knockdowns. Luis Ortiz looked like he might be in trouble. Martin was hanging in there, and Luis Ortiz landed a bomb. You know, he's always, since we saw him first emerge on the pro scene, he's got that powerful, you know, straight overhand left. And he landed that, and Martin was just out on his feet, as you said. And Ortiz followed up. I mean, in boxing the best you can have it but it is still protect yourself all, at all times and Martin was out on his feet and turned his back and you know the ref didn't stop the fight so I I didn't see yeah. any problem with with Ortiz bombing away uh, and you know then Charles Martin somehow was able to get up but he was got dropped and I was pretty much done after that but I, that was an extremely entertaining fight so as a main event worked out excellent I mean I uh, Overall, pretty good. Overall, some good matchmaking by PBC matchmakers. Uh, just you know, that hammer late sub with Sanchez, and even Sanchez Negron was was iffy as a matchup. And then, unfortunately, Rice and Coffee, you kind of had to you, you kind of had to blame the fighters on that one. I mean, they just they just didn't yeah. come in properly prepared. Yeah. So uh, exactly. it wasn't a bad matchup, but but the fighters didn't do their part in that one in terms of being in shape. So. I think if they would have been in shape, uh, you know, that uh, that could have been better. But, you know, but again, with the mix and match, I mean, if, you know, I was thinking, I tweeted out, but I think it would be perfect for if you're going to do these. I mean, how about if you're going to do another one in four or six months, then for the opener you have like Kalidzi fight Charles Martin. <laughs> I mean, right. How crazy. A lot of people were on that, that one. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, think of how crazy that could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if Coffee, to me, you know, looking at him, I'm wondering if he's going to continue. But, again, I can't speak for the fighters, and he knows what he wants to do. So if he continues, he was a puncher before the Rice fights. I'm not saying it's going to be that way against higher opposition. But, heck, Faust has only had nine fights. I mean, 
To right. me, you bring him he back. He could be a B-side guy to get experience. That's what you know? I'm thinking. Maybe, right, maybe you use him as a B-side guy because at this point you'd like to see a Gerald Washington retire. You know, you, you and I have said you and I have said pros and cons, and I think there are some pros to it, but there's definitely some cons. I mean, it's obvious Al Heyman's philosophy is as long as the guy wants to fight, uh, you know, I'm going to be loyal to the guy in terms of I'm going to give him a chance to get a payday and fight. Uh, you know, you can look at that two ways. You know, that there's some loyalty there, and if the boxer is making that personal decision, then – you know, they want that chance to make money, and Al Heyman's still going to be there for them. But the other side of that coin is you got a guy like, say, a Gerald Washington, who from the outside you would think maybe he shouldn't really be going on, on anymore. Do you want to encourage that? So, you know, it, it, sure. it, it's kind of kind of cuts both ways. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, some of these guys could maybe come back as B-sides on these cards. You know, and then Rice came off the win. You could have a Faust in with him. Uh, there are actually options when you get the fans to know these guys and you stick with it, as long as the fights are entertaining. Now, you can't have, you know, five heavy, great, boring fights on right. there. Just looking to have, have knockouts, that's it. Showcase knockouts. Yeah, they didn't have that this time. And so, you know, the matchmaking-wise, with what they had to work with, they kind of knew what they're doing. I, I say, give me more of it. I, I'm thinking to two to three cards a year. Now, tying into what you were talking about, I mean, I understand why they're doing it because if you look in modern boxing at Keith Thurman's TV numbers, they, they're, you know, Al Heyman, PBC, they're saying, Fox, they're saying, you know, Keith Thurman still justifies a pay-per-view in terms of how well-known he is more than it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say more than 95% of the boxers out there or even more. Um, That's very true. Very true. But even when he had time off a year and a half and he fought Jose Cito Lopez, he still had a nice rating. He's got a pay-per-view against Manny Pacquiao, which Pacquiao, one of the few breakthrough fighters, really just him and Floyd Mayweather in recent years, you know, where you got some cultural exposure in the quote unquote mainstream pop culture. Um, so Thurman has, you know, exposure. I get it, but now I got to go a little, you know, I was just saying the positive. I really like what PBC did with the heavyweights here. I felt like I got my thirty nine ninety five worth. It's not that I want to pay, but I see, I say, give me more of these. I mean, you want to give me these heavyweight cars, mix and match thirty nine ninety five two three times a year. I'm in. Yeah. So with that said, I don't, I, I just gotta say it because you gotta you gotta call it straight. I, I don't like this Thurman card. I mean it's it's because Keith Thurman is known, but you know, Leo Santa Cruz is in with an unknown. Uh, you know, Barrios right. I agree with the argument we can't penalize guys too much for losses, but you know, Barrios doesn't have that great of a body of work where, you know, we're saying, Oh, Mario Barrios is in this main event with Keith Thurman, so it's okay. He's a good fighter, but it's Top 10 at 140 is different than top 10 at 147, that's for sure. Yeah, and with coming off the loss, like I said, to me there's too many classes. So even if, even if there wasn't a 140, I mean, welterweight's too strong. I mean, just like I say it for a Conor Ben, you know, and I, I'm not saying Mario Barrios isn't better than Conor Ben, but I mean, you know, it's that type of thing. Like, no, I hear what you're saying. 
you just can't break through. I mean, you know, there's too many good welterweights out there. So, right, he's not, he's not a legit top ten. Thurman's not just from inactivity now. If he comes back with a win, you know, and, and I know how – I think I know how Transnational would look at it. You know, he's already got the body of work, the ability. You know, he, he's going to jump back in at, at a good spot in the rankings with a win, you know, with a decent win. But right now, you do have to enforce the inactivity standards. I mean, I'm all in favor of that. And he, he just hasn't fought, you know, for, what, two years. So uh, so he's not even really there. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't – Josecito Lopez, I mean, you know, he, he can surprise you. But I think Abel Ramos has been fighting well. I mean, I, I don't think at this stage, you know, he, he's going to be able to do anything there. For me, now, that one, I think the weight that you pointed out correctly, I think it is about the price, and they're waiting. They probably wanted to see the Ortiz numbers. Yeah. I think that, I think it's it's almost obvious they're experimenting with a monthly Fox pay-per-view, and they're trying to figure out what the price point's going to be. Um, for me, now, I think when it comes to something like the way that Thurman card is, You've got you, then it does you know you you've got Ramirez Pedraza the same night you know DeZone's going to run an okay card where you wouldn't get real excited about it but again if you're on the one hundred dollar monthly which is proven to excuse me yearly which is proven to be a decent deal if you're a boxing fan as long as they run enough fights uh, I'm okay with it so you know I'm averaging out there to less than ten a month I mean I'm gonna I'm going to watch, you know, there it's that you and I talked about that time commitment, you know, so I'm going to be looking at it. Yeah. Like if, if That's I a hell of a commitment, it, February 5th. Right. Hell of a right. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm looking at that as a fan, hardcore observer, commentator. I'm looking at that and saying, if my eyes only have so much time and I've got a zone card and I've got an ESPN card, am right. I going to pay them to even further saturate my time with the Thurman card sure. where I got, I, I, I'm on that one. I'm, you know, everybody can do what they want to do, but, and I've, I've changed sometimes on these as it come up, but I, I'm not seeing yep. it right now. You know, I'm just not seeing that one right now. I, uh, yeah, they, it, that, they, they haven't announced the price yet. So it's like, uh, if it's full price, they better offer it like they normally do in the theater. Because if I go to the theater for twenty-two bucks, then I might have a different mentality. But it doesn't even seem like a, a none of the fights that night seem like a take the night off of work at the brewery, though. You know what I mean? Right. Take the I night off. Maybe I wouldn't even go to the movie theater because I'd be working. You know. Right, and then here's where it becomes a problem too. Though is like, let's say that one was in a theater, and this is what I think hurts them. You know, if I have the zone. And, and, you know, the ESPN, ESPN Plus fights, even, even when they're on ESPN, they put them on Plus now. So i got to watch those on my phone. I mean, I'm going to pay to go to the theater while I'm watching the DAZN card. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the ESPN card on my phone at the same Now, we all do that, hardcore fans, but to pay to do it, that's where I'm like, yeah. you know, I have had times where the pay-per-view fight was interesting enough to me where then I paid for it and said, this fight just really – is that interesting to me? So I know I'm going to pay, even though I have free options. But you know, Thurman, Thurman, right. and uh, Barrios. 
I don't think that's – I like Keith Thurman, but I don't think that's going to do it for me. I, I just think my attention, I'm going to say, well, I'll focus on the ESPN card and the DAZN card that night, and I'll just have to, to catch up on delay with the, the Thurman card or something because I don't feel like there's something there I'm, that, that I'm really going to miss. That's, that's going well, to be just that. to go further, too – it's not like there's – sure, in, like, L.A. or something, I'm sure some bars will do it or some some places that always get them. But that's not going to be a pay-per-view that's going to be in the bars either. So, theoretically, you could go to the bar, pay 10 bucks, and then have your phone and watch the other fights, but it's not a big enough fight to be in the bars. So, yeah, you're right. It just It's kind of stuck on that you wish it would be on a Fox main event, this fight, because we've said it before. Like, personally, I'll just speak for myself – I don't mind being out what will be two and a half years to come back and fight Barrios. And I think if Barrios is ever going to fight one of these top guys at welterweight, this is the guy to fight right now because it's like who knows what Thurman has left after two and a half years. Um, He's going to be rusty no matter what, somewhere in there. So the actual comeback fight, I don't have a problem with it. I get it. Um, But like you said, the co-feature – is just a showcase to try to get uh, Lael, you know, get going for the rest of the year. Um, so it, 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 yeah, I hear you. I definitely hear you on that one, man. But, but you make a good point. I mean, if you were to take the Thurman comeback fight against Barrios in a vacuum, it's a good fight. But sure, and, and, that, and you do remind me because Keith Thurman does draw some ratings. It just it seems misplaced. Like, yeah, it, it would seem yeah. this would be a good one to have him just come back on regular Fox. I mean, I, I guess there can still be a regular Fox fight because the prelims were on Fox, as you, there you pointed is. out correctly. They were there not going to be one. regular Fox. Um, so I guess it, it still could happen. I mean, it doesn't look promising, but since it, since it's still feasible, yeah, you, you would think, couldn't they just bring Keith Thurman back on Fox? But it, it has to do with, with what these guys are getting paid and yeah, yeah, what exactly. they get from advertisers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so I, I don't know, but some of this, some of this does not make it sense. But again, that to me, personally, is where I like the heavyweight thing for the forty bucks because, yeah, for myself, like let, let's say you had a night like that February fifth, and it was all heavyweights that I had to pay for, and I said like, well, I got a hundred and forty pound fight, and I got a hundred and fifty four pound fight, and you know, Smith and Vargas between two guys who let's say you can't punch uh, at the high level. Uh, or I get these heavyweights, then I might get the, you know, then I might get the heavyweights, but I'm not gonna, I don't think I'm gonna get the Keith Thurman comeback fight when I've got these other fights, and just just even with the time commitment, not to mention then adding the money to it. I mean, if I was getting it on Fox, I'd flip back and forth, but to pay for it while I'm flipping back and forth from other fights, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear that. I definitely hear that. Um, any other items uh, that you'd like to uh, talk about? We do have a, a showbox card where kind of seems we know what's going to happen in the main event, but the other two fights are kind of interesting. Showbox, you know, does their either one loss or no loss thing. I think these guys are like eighty and zero or something like that. But the, I do think the main events we kind of know who's going to win, but. Um, Kind of interesting fights there. Any other items that you want to discuss? Just mentioned the show box. I, I do think you're right. It's good to see in the records, but um, I think they've 
I think they've dropped off a bit, you know, from their initial concept where they were really putting guys that were pretty evenly matched in and, and just having some good fights. You know, it's kind of descended a little bit more now into like the just, which we see too much of in boxing and all networks, just, you know, giving somebody exposure. Um, so I'm a little down on that. What, yeah, one item that is worth since, it was way more boxing news than it should have been this week. I mean, people should know better with the alphabets, but for some reason, much of boxing Twitter, as you saw, as well as I did, Chris, decided to take this Herkovic IBF eliminator stuff seriously. I mean, sure, Herkovic right. has amateur pedigree. He's a big guy with power. He's fought absolutely no one. He's not in the, He's not even in the transnational top ten because he hasn't fought anybody. Right. I mean, and that's just independent people doing the doing the rankings. So, you know, um, I mean, like, so even though I'm not saying the guy doesn't have some talent, but like, who? Why sure. did anybody have to fight Philip Herkovic? I mean, his promoter need to be out there getting him fights with real opposition, even if they're lesser known guys, but somebody that brings something to the table. I mean, you know, that's that's just alpha. That's just alphabet nonsense, and you know, no, nobody's. I mean, well, they, they're all horrible, but the IBF has put far, forth as bad a mandatory challengers out there as as anyone. So, and let's even let's even play it out further with how stupid this is. First of all, it's stupid on a lot of levels, namely the alphabet level. But let's even break it down further why it's stupid. One reason was Herkovic fought nobody. The, the next reason. Um, Outside of that would be, okay, let, let's play this out further. So supposedly if this fight was going to get you to be the IBF mandatory. I mean, first of all, Fury's the real champ. Rec- recognized as the lineal champ. Recognized, you know, by the ring as champ. Recognized as transnational by the champ, okay? So it, it's a mandatory to not fight the real champ, all right? Then let's say if you're... We know there's alphabet fans out there. I, I don't know why they exist, but they do. Um, so for alphabet fans, even if you're an alphabet fan for whatever crazy reason, so let, let's play it out for the alphabet fans where it still doesn't make sense. So you're, you're right now the IBF heavyweight champion is Alexander Usyk. You already know he's got a contracted rematch with Anthony Joshua. So you're, right. you're not – you're not going to be Usyk's next fight. Anthony Joshua is going to be his next fight, okay? So you know you're on the shelf there. And then you know Usyk, which you know, he, he talks about fighting for the glory and that. And you know what? He, he might be telling the truth. So let's say he's telling the truth and he gets by Joshua. He's not looking to fight you. He's looking to fight Tyson Fury, the real champ. So Right. You know, you're not you're not getting that fight there. It's 2023. <laughs> Long story short, right? So, so you're so then people say, well, you could wait and you know try to get a buyout, and if not, wait. Yeah, right. So you're not you're not fighting. Who who knows when you're fighting again and getting a payday? Um, and, and you know, then you, the the belt could be dumped. I mean, if if the IBF gets in and tries to enforce their ridiculous mandatories, Usyk could just dump the belt. Or Joshua, if he wins the rematch, um, you know they could dump the belt depending on what they want to do. And then you say, oh well, you get a chance to be IBF champion. If you're going to fight, you know, fighting somebody else 
who's unknown when everybody knows you're not the real champ. I mean, what, you know, it's it's just the the whole the whole thing's silly. People people shouldn't people shouldn't be taking it seriously. I mean, when boxers are not doing it, they're they're actually in this case showing common sense because it doesn't mean automatically they're saying, oh, I can beat Herkovic or I'm scared of Herkovic. It, it's just. Herkovic hasn't fought anybody. He doesn't bring any money to the table. I mean, why are you going to fight him? I mean, it's just, you know, let, let him let him become legit top ten and beat some people. Um, so, you know, it's just that's where that's where things just get silly. You should just be looking at, you know, fighters in the legit top ten, and hope, hopefully they're fighting each other. But you know, Herkovic just he just isn't there yet. He hasn't fought the opposition. He hasn't. Fought, as I tweeted out, he's fought, which is the truth. He's fought Alan Babic level of opposition. You know, let let her. They're both Croatian. Let let him have the Croatian showdown between Babic and Herkovic. Babic said he wants it quite a few times. Uh, so do that. You know, I mean, so I, I just thought that was a bunch of non news, really. Was uh, Pulev was the IBF Mando last time, correct? Right now, and and let, let, let's say we, let's look. We know how the promoters operate, you know, and it's not just Eddie Hearn. So, wh- the way, way they manipulate the alphabets like that is, you know, when Pulov becomes the IBF mandatory, and Pulov is thirty nine years old, and when he he, he dreadfully failed when he stepped up against Klitschko, you know, Hearn and Joshua know that. So, that, then you sell a fight where you can justify it to these alphabet fans by saying, Oh, it's an IBF mandatory. We've, we've got to do that, you know? And then you, you take the payday and you sell it as the IBF mandatory. Hey, look, I don't like that they were doing it, but some fans who didn't like PBC pointed this out, but this, but, but this part is true. They, they were, you know, billing Martin as and Ortiz as an IBF eliminator, which I agree. That's stupid. You don't, I'm not, I'm not buying Ortiz and Martin because they put IBF eliminator on it. I mean, I don't, I don't care about that. I, I don't think 99.9% of the people do. I mean, if if your decision to pull the trigger on that pay-per-view was because it was for an IBF eliminator, right. you need, you need help. <laughs> something, something's wrong with you. You know, you believe in the Easter bunny or something like that. I mean, you know, so I mean, they all, my point there though, is they all do it. And, and they, it's just for that little, part of the fan base that buys into that, you know, so they, they figure that they can sell fights that way. Uh, like, like I keep getting back right. to, cause I like what he said it cause it's the truth. Like Steven Espinoza has even said, it's just, it's just a promotion the alphabet stuff, just a promotional tool. You know, it's not, it's like, it's not real. It's just a, a promotional tool. So yeah, they'll, they'll use it as the promotional tool when it works for them. And, and when it doesn't, then they'll ignore it. Like they'll it. rip it. So, yeah. Right. They'll be like, this is nonsense. Like, you know, when, when, when Hearn didn't want to have Josh Warrington fight Galahad again, then the IBF, the IBF featherweight belt didn't matter anymore. You know, it always, you know, in other words, it always, now it matters again. See, now that Kiko Martinez, this is just announced today. Right. Now that Kiko Martinez has a fight. Right. Now all of a sudden he needs that IBF belt back. (laughs) Now it, now it matters. So it's it's really comical, and please, any fans out there, I just implore you, if you buy into that, just don't. I mean, I think 
some of the fans, and, and boxing needs every fan it can get, but I think some of the younger fans, and it, it's, it's actually, and you like to get on this subject, Chris, and I think it's, it's correct. Like, it was when boxing writers, most of them, when they stopped knocking the alphabets, you know, they stopped calling them out on being a joke, that I think you had some of the, and, and then networks were all promoting it and stuff. You had some younger fans that, like, that's all they've seen. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't know a counter narrative to the alphabets. So I think that, to me, that's what I attribute some of it to, that, that when you got, there, ha- there wasn't critical boxing journalism like there used to be about that. And as that went on for like a generation and with the networks promoing it like crazy. Uh, because remember at one time, you remember this, Chris, remember one time HBO was ignoring the alphabets for a while. Then they switched. Yeah, course. yeah, it's true. But, but like, in other words, some people have been through where HBO ignored the alphabets, you know, when the boxing magazines were big and, and the writers all used to ridicule the alphabets, the daily papers, all when newspapers were big, you know, they all had boxing writers regularly who they knocked the alphabets. So, you know, you had a counter narrative for a long time until let's say the last 20 years or so. But, you know, if you're, if you're a 25 year old boxing fan, I mean, then, you know, you, you've been bombarded yeah. with this that stuff since you were five years old. So that, that's kind of that's kind of the way I see some some of that at least. Yeah, I hear you. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, John, as always, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Chris, thanks for having me. Just want to shout out anybody wants to give me a follow on Twitter or uh, follow my stuff on Twitter. It's John Onreinhofer at Real John E Law. So uh, just get that out there because it's always fun to uh, get get a chance to interact with everybody about this stuff. No doubt. All right, you th- take it easy. Have, have yourself a good night. Thanks for having me, Chris. Have a good night. All righty. Boxing man, mind John there, giving us his takes. And um, I did get Hey, if anybody, and I'm not talking to you, Portland, but if anybody's on there right now, which people are, press 1 if you want to join in, okay? Press 1. But some people, someone messaged me. I don't think you understand what John was just trying to say. So the, the big thing on boxing Twitter today was Luis Ortiz and Joseph Parker, you know, ducked Hergovich. Right, because they didn't take the mandatory eliminator spot, right? Well, they didn't. They didn't take. They didn't say, uh, "We'll fight for that mandatory spot." Right? What he's saying is, Herbacek shouldn't have been ranked that high to even have this happen, right? Because who has he fought to be the number one contender? That's what he's saying. He's not trying to rip him as a fighter or what he's going to do at the heavyweight division. But the reason why it's nonsense, you could say it's nonsense that these guys are turned down the fight. That's your own opinion, but he shouldn't even be in a position. What has he earned to get to the number one spot to be the mandatory to get a title fight? Why would he get a shot at the lineal title of Fury or the shot at Usyk? Why, who does he beat to get that? So therefore he didn't even deserve to be in that spot. That's why the rankings are silly, is the whole point. 
And then if you're Parker or if you're Luis Ortiz, if Ortiz has a chance to fight a bigger name for more money, why wouldn't you take that? Ortiz may have one or two fights, three fights left, period. And Parker's not a young spring chicken, right? He, He doesn't have a ton of fights left. So why would you fight for less money? And then, then people will say, well, why doesn't why does Al or why doesn't, you know, a representative for Parker just outbid those people? Well, then they're overpaying for a guy. You know, that whole risk-reward, it, it just doesn't line up. It doesn't line up. Now, this would be a 50-50 more than likely, right? Split, because neither of them are, you know, nobody has the title. But, well, people have the title. And this is to become the mandatory. And then... So you win it, okay, cool, you, you beat him, let's say. Let's say Ortiz beats him. For less money than you get fighting Ruiz or other fighters, and then you gotta, you're got you not even going to get, because of what he explained after, you're not going to get a shot till 2023. So, and if they're all together, I guess you you know, let's say Usyk beats AJ, and Fury beats, whether it's White or somebody. That's probably going to be a two-fight deal. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. But if the fight does good and it's a competitive fight, no matter who wins, they probably have a rematch, maybe. So, it, you know, it's just silly. You know, it's, it's silly. Why, why, would, why would Joseph Parker and Ortiz take that fight? But if you're going to sit there and say they ducked him, when you got a chance to make more money, that's not ducking. In a bet, Ruiz is a better fighter at this moment, more, more advanced, more experienced. More pedigree at the pro, that, that's not ducking anybody. If, he, if he's waiting to fight Ruiz, potentially, or maybe a trilogy with Wilder, whatever, it's bigger money and a, and a better name right now. That it's, not, it's not ducking. A lot of people would pick Ruiz over Ortiz. A lot of people would pick that. So it's not duck. How can you say you're ducking someone when you're taking on, at this point, at this stage of the career, a potentially harder fight? It's not ducking. But like I said, what, what would he, you know, what, what's he in that spot for anyway is the point. So hopefully I clarified that. Maybe you're just, you think Parker's a boring fighter or you don't like BBC fighters, so you're dumping on Ortiz. But, you know, a boy shouldn't have even been in the damn you know, number one or number two or number five rankings. Who that? How did he get to that ranking? Is the point? You know, that's the whole point. Now I mentioned the main event um, with Nunez, uh, Luis Nunez. I, I think you know he's taking on uh, Aridia, something like that. He's going to beat him. That's a that seems like a, a, a clear clear favorite. I mean, I see. ProBoxingOdds.com, by the way, a great site because it just collects everything. But the lowest I see Nunez at is a minus 750. Some folks even got him minus 1,200. So that's plus 775. The lowest is a 5 to 1. So I, I, that's what I, that was my point with that. I'm not saying it's a shitty fight for Nunez. He's a prospect. So, you know, it is what it is. But the other two fights, I do kind of push back on what John said on this individual one. Castillo and uh, Aronia son, I think it is. Castillo, you know, he's, uh, he's got some pedigree. 
from the Dominican. There's actually a couple Dominicans on this one. Castillo, we've seen him. Um, he actually, I think it was, maybe it was his second U.S. He had a U.S. debut. I can't remember if it was this last one or the fight before. Because I know he, I know he uh, beat uh, former title challenger. Yeah, he never had the title. Oh, the Burgos. Juan Carlos Burgos, who's, you know, obviously aged. But Castillo, you know, has like over 400 amateur fights. You know what I mean? So, and it's, and it's you know, in, in Aronosian, I think it's Aronosian, something like that. That dude has a bunch of amateur fights too. And, um, you know, he, I, I like the fight. I think that's a good fight. And then you have uh, DeLos Santos and Foster, uh, Edwin DeLos Santos. He, he's from the Dominican as well. You know, when you look at these fights, like, we'll just look at the odds. So, Aronia's own and Castillo. Castillo is a slight favorite. Like, it's not a pick em, but it's close. Minus 175, minus 195. So, it ranged from there. And then, you know... I can't find a plus 200. I see plus 115, uh, plus 165. So to me, that's damn near a 50-50. And then on the other side of the thing, uh, William Foster, he's, uh, he's a slight favorite too. Minus 162, minus 175. I think minus 190 is the highest. Once again, I don't see a plus 200. And so if you're within, if, if, if your opponent is below a two-to-one, in boxing, that's close to a 50-50. Now, they may not turn out that way, but I'm saying on paper, uh, the triple header, I'm interested in two out of those three fights. I'll definitely say that. I think that's pretty uh, a fair assessment. So, um, And I'll always give Showbox a chance just because it's been so consistent and steady. There has been ups and downs. Uh, it's not that I disagree with what um, he was saying, uh, John, because it has been up and down. I think they only had like six of them last year. Um, so there has been ups and downs. It's not as strong as it used to be, I agree. But this particular card, two out of three fights, I do have some interest in. I definitely have some interest in. Uh, so let me know if you're ready to go here, 503 Josue out in Portland. Um, just to follow up what we were saying about that undercard uh, heading into the Thurman Barrios. Uh, this is from Jake Donovan on BoxingScene.com. Jesus Ramos versus Vladimir Hernandez is being eyed for February 5th on that undercard. So it would be in the Fox prelim. And that day, um, much like there was, I think it was, yeah, it was college basketball. It was Big East basketball. Um, this last go-around on Fox on New Year's Day. Now, the ratings of both show you that they were going head-to-head with some high-profile college football games. The Sugar Bowl, head-to-head, the Rose Bowl, the end of the Rose Bowl, I believe it was. Um, So they were going, you know, there was a lot of attention. Technically, I think the NBA played that year, or that year, that night, too, I think. I think they did. But either way, um, you know, it, it was 
there was some intent. So the the ratings weren't good because of that. Um, and someone's pushing back on that. Okay, press one because the only way you can listen right now is on your phone. So you can press one if you want to join in. We can talk about what you're messaging me over for. Um, he's just dogging the rating. How is a shitty rating? Um, and in fact, um, the the rating was, like I said, it, I'm not saying it was a great rating. I'm saying that they're going to have a. What they're going to do is for this Fox uh, prelim, which is on normal Fox, they're uh, they're they're having a lead in, and Jake says that day, uh, which is normal, at least a doubleheader on Fox for college basketball now. There's going to be a triple header, so it'll probably start at like probably start at like 11 noon Eastern, 11 here, if they're going to fit three basketball games. In. So it's going to be a triple header of Big East that leads into the Fox prelim, which is usually a two-hour card when they do a pay-per-view, just like this last one. And I was in, I was okay with what we got in that card. I'm perfectly okay with the Fox main event to have what they had in the main event and then to have that really, like a really good uh, heavyweight fight, prospect fight. I was good with that. You're not going to hear me complain too much about that. Now, the exact, here's my point, okay? Here's my point on this one since you won't press one and join in, and you probably just hung up, actually, now that I see it. But just to give you factual data on this, um, you're, you're, you're correct. The prelims on Fox, which is a little bit earlier than primetime, did 730,000 at the two-hour stretch. I don't know um, what it peaked at, okay? But what I'm pointing at, he's, this person is saying, I'm assuming it's a he, that they even had a, a lead-in and they couldn't do shit with it. The college basketball lead-in did 278. So under 300,000. And the boxing did 730. So you're just trying to, you know, you're just trying to take away from it. When you say that they even had a lead and they couldn't do shit with it, that sounds like it's a million people watching that college basketball game, which in a couple of months it will be. Well, you know, not even a couple of months. They won't be going against some of the top bowl games the Sugar Bowl, and some of the biggest names uh, in the sport of college football, they won't be going head-to-head with it, you know? So those ratings will improve. Uh, but 278, I don't know what that peaked at either, but let's just call it 300. You know, it over doubled it, 730 to 278. So when you talk about the lead and at least have some facts rather than just be, you know, just be knee-jerk. But my point was, long story short, I had a point here, but I got distracted. Jesus Ramos will be taking on, and I hope this sticks, Vladimir Hernandez. Okay? And Hernandez, or Hernandez, Vladimir Hernandez, was the guy who just um, was on Fox, and he came up with a big win. Okay, I'm not trying to say this guy's, you know, the guy, but he was a, a heavy underdog. Um, and I'm reading this on 
BoxingScene.com, Jake Donovan, he beat J-Rock um, October. Yes, it was October. So this guy just beat J-Rock. He's kind of, uh, in a sense, a veteran guy. Um, but he was solid. He beat J-Rock in, in at the point of being, what is he now, 16-0 and 0 or 17-0? and 0. I think this is a good fight. I'm not calling it some great fight for Jesus Ramos, but as a prospect, and he's actually moving to 54 now. And we all kind of thought, man, he's a big dude. And Jake even says he's prepared to make a run at, at 154. And I think that makes sense for his career. He's a young dude. He's only 20 years old. So he's going to grow in that weight. We were all kind of wondering if how long he could stay at welterweight. Well, it looks like he's going to go at 54. There's plenty of fights for him there. So that will, you know, on paper right now, that's actually going to be the main main event on the prelim on Fox. And as you know, in a month from now, that's on the weekend. That's not. Uh, that's on the 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 two week break from the conference final to the Super Bowl. That's pushed back a, a week now because there's 17 games instead of 16 in the NFL. For those who don't know. I'm sure the UK people are like, what are we talking about? Yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about. But um, so instead of it being on the last Saturday, usually that's what it was always the last Saturday of January, it's now the first Saturday of February, if that makes sense. So February 5th, right? So they're going to have a, it says right here, um, a triple header of uh, college basketball, Big East college basketball that day. So by that time, in a month, that'll get a better rating. It won't be below 300000 I'm not saying it's going to do $2 million. I'm just saying that's going to be a better lead-in. Once again, a prospect going against a vet who's a real fighter, and it's not just a 100% showcase, and Vladimir Hernandez coming off a win over Julian Williams, that's not a bad fight. I'll take that. I'll take that. Now, I did hear today from two different sources, one of them being Deuce, what's up Deuce, that, that there may, that's kind of in between, that that might not be uh, as finalized as we had hoped. But that's kind of previewing the show box. All right, let's go out to Portland, 503 Portland, man, what's going on? Let's hear it. Let's hear it, buddy. Mexicanos al grito de guerra, el acero abre y el rigor, y retiembla en sus centros la tierra, al sonoro rugir del gallón, y retiembla en sus centros la tierra, al sonoro rugir del gallón. Si no patria tú tienes de oliva, de la paz el arcángel divino, que en el cielo tu eterno despido, por el dedo de Dios escribió, mas si os haré un extraño enemigo, propagar con sus plantas su suelo, pienso patria querida, que el cielo 
curso edad en cada hijo de Dios, curso edad en cada hijo de Dios. Mexicanos al grito de guerra, el acero a prestar y el brigón, y retiembre en sus centros la tierra al sonoro rugir del cañón. Y retiembre en sus centros la tierra al sonoro rugir del cañón. Hey, yo, what up, what up, Chris? Hey, yo, I'm doing good here in cold-ass Oregon. But I hope you're doing good, Chris. Uh, happy New Year. Uh, how you doing, Chris? How's everything, brother? Boy, it's cold-ass Minneapolis, dude. It's negative nine right now. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I'm sorry to hear that. And also, too, Chris, gonna I hope you're going to get down to negative 18 uh, tonight, dude. Negative 18 Holy tonight. crap. <laughs> yeah. Damn. See, it's not the seas. That that's it's not actually that cold over here. It actually got a little warmer, but uh, it's still cold. But man, it doesn't ever get to the negatives over here, man. I feel for you. But also, you know, too, Chris, funny, I want to say I hope you feel. It's funny. Uh-huh. On Saturday, it might be 25 degrees though. <laughs> so it just that's Minnesota Damn. for you, dude. It's got a high of 30 yeah. on Saturday too. So it's gonna be every which yeah, way, yeah. you know. Yeah, and also too, Chris, I wanted to wish you. I uh, hope you're feeling better uh, from last time. I know you were feeling bad. Uh, the last time I talked to you, man, and uh, but uh, man, uh, yeah. it seems like you're in good spirits, so man, uh, you know, shout out to you, man, for holding it down. You holding holding down a show even with the COVID, man. So you know, shout out oh, to yeah. you, Chris. And uh, but uh, but yeah, bro, uh, let's get into it. Uh, and also too, but before I get into it, uh, uh, this last pay per view, I want to say I did not buy it. Uh, I just kind of couldn't suck her down to it. I'm sorry. Um, no, even fair. though I, I mean, I wanted to buy it, but like I just hear, I, I don't know. To me, it wasn't worth it. Just the main event was no. not uh, pay per view worthy to me. Uh, just the, the the Charles Martin it being, you know, Charles Martin. You know, even though I did see the highlights and I saw that he did score, uh, what he scored there two two knockdowns there for him. Yeah. And uh, but man, I don't know. But, uh, but Ortiz looks like he got that's it done. Fair. I was on the fence. You know what I mean? decided to go for it, but I totally get it. I totally get it. I, 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 dude, I had the cold sweats, you but know. The card was bomb, I was right dude. there. The card was bomb. <laughs> uh-huh, bro. And, uh, the card was uh, bomb. The card was bomb, though, but I was on the, the fence card was all bomb. The way, Did you like it? Oh, yeah, I did. It was really good. Like, five out of the seven fights popped off, but mm-hmm. I get why. You know, I, I like I said, I, I went down to the wire. And end up getting home, and since it's on Fight TV, the pay per view, mm. I, I I watched it with someone, so I only spent twenty on it. But I I ordered it yeah. after I got home from work at twelve o'clock at night. So I'm I hear okay. you. I, anybody kind of wondering if they <laughs> wanted it? There's no reason to be sorry. I, I get it. I totally get it. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah, to me, to me, it was like a, a like I I could just you know pass on this one. I go do something else. You know what I mean? I just. You know, in all, in all honesty, too, I mean, it gave me something to kind of listen to, like, you know, podcast-wise on it. I'm like, on, you know, That's on a true. Monday, so I was able to, yeah. you know, you know, listen to people's, you know, uh, you know, their live chats, you know what I mean, their live, you know, fight companions or, you know, whatever you, you want to call it, you know. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? I did get to hear the reviews and um, pretty much the whole – I did get to hear, you know, uh, you know, shout-out to the Boxing Voice. 
Um, uh, what's the name? Doomy, uh, the doomsday holding it down for, uh, for Ness. I, and also too, I hope Ness is feeling well. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but, um, I hope he's feeling well. I hope he's in good spirit. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, man, shout out to Doomy who's holding it down. So I got sick? to hear that review there. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, the, yeah. He just hasn't been on the show. I mean, right. uh, obviously doom. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Alex doomsday, uh, it was, he's like he's been holding the the show down, but like you know he's just been given you know saying that. Uh, I remember the last time he was saying that he was gonna give up an update on Monday, but I mean uh, Monday's passed. So, but I mean it, it's been like dude, like you know Alex on the show the whole time. So I don't you know I mean I'm just hoping you know he's doing I'm good. You know what I mean? Right so I don't you know. Yeah. I'm so I, I mean right I don't now. know I don't yeah, I don't cool. know Ness personally. Yeah. I mean I don't know Ness personally, but I mean I, I'm just I I mean I listen to uh, other people's shows. You know what I mean? Like uh, so many other shows, but. Uh, um, but yeah, man, and uh, but yeah, so shout out to the. I was able to listen to that on Monday, um, <clears throat> and um, but the reviews were. I mean, some of the fights were good. I got to see that. Uh, the, the the there was a fight between two fighters. I I forgot their names, but there was like a back and forth fight where both fighters scored knockdowns in in each round, like one and two. Like it, it was pretty insane. There was three. Um, in the first round, there was, was it three, three knockdowns. A piece. Three yeah. knockdowns. Yeah, 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 man. That was insane stuff. Yeah. So, mhm. And uh, I was able to watch. I mean, I just see the uh, the highlights to that. Uh, that you know that looked pretty cool. But um, but as far as that, yeah, I didn't really uh, the, yeah, yeah, I didn't really get to watch it. But um, but yeah, man. And uh, but also, Chris, I wanted to see if, uh, if I could uh, review last year. I wasn't able to be on last week, uh, last year, uh, early. I should say last year's last week's show. <laughs> so um, if I could uh, review uh, yeah. the fights, if that's cool. Uh, but uh, but yeah, man. Let's start with it. Uh, Let's start with fighter of the year. Uh, obviously, this is a no-brainer to me or to anybody. I think if you know boxing, if you're a realist, uh, you know, you got to go Canelo Alvarez on this one. Uh, the guy's fought his ass off. Uh, what can I say? What, what He got, the, you know, a tune-up and the BJ Sounders um, and then Caleb Plant. I mean, that's pretty, you know, pretty good in my opinion. You know, he took two undefeated fighters. He took their uh, took their O's. Uh, walked out with the belts, to, you know, took their belts. So I mean, it's a, it's a good, it's a good year for Canelo. And shout out to Canelo for, uh, you know, having some fun over the weekend. I, I believe that was what New Year's night. You know, uh, Canelo get, you know, getting drunk. You know, you know his English, like you said, Chris, his English is getting yeah, better. He does stuff. understand. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so you know, he's he's getting he's he's really getting into like. Uh, uh, you know his American side in in a way, you know what I mean. So you know, shout out to shout out to Nello, uh, and also uh, also um, trainer of the year uh, goes to Eddie Reynoso. Uh, he had a great, you know, uh, Canelo's Canelo's fighter or Canelo's trainer. I mean, um, you know, I, I, he had a good year too with his fighters. Um, the, pretty much, he you know scored all wins. Um, so shout out to Eddie. What's up? Yeah, Oscar Valdez, the, the the you know the knockout win over that. Um, so and uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was a good year for uh, Reynoso. Um, shout out to shout out to uh, shout out to Eddie. Uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he, he's already off to a good start this year with um, you know, with with, uh, with a win with Frank Sanchez. So you know, uh, you know, shout out to Eddie. Uh, and also, I want to get a promoter of the year. I want to give it to Eddie Herons. Uh, I just I I, I want to say that the the usually the the disowned fights are more quality to me. Um, I like how Eddie Hearns doesn't have a he you know he has the guts to put his A side uh, his A side fighter his franchise fighter his you know his money maker in a way his cash cow 
um, in a, you know, into a dangerous fight. Like he's willing to do that. So, uh, you know, Eddie, Eddie Harris, I, I, I got to say, um, is a guest promoter of the year for me. And I, I think, uh, the, I, I liked most of these, the zone fights, a lot of them were, were great. Um, uh, in my opinion, and, and plus, because I got the subscription, so I didn't really, uh, I you know, didn't, I wasn't really worried. I think Golden Boy had a better year on the zone, though. I think Golden Boy had a better year on the zone than them, than uh, Eddie. On oh, you think zone. so? Oh, well, I mean. Well, Eddie just got uh, on the uh, zone. Well, Eddie literally just got yeah. on the zone, you know, for mm-hmm. for the U.K. Oh, for the U.K.? Oh, but that's up. You know, I mean, but for the U.S., he's been here all, like, for for a long, for since the opening, right? Oh yeah, I'm just saying. This year, I think the better cards were Golden Boy on the zone rather than mm-hmm. Eddie. But okay. overall, Eddie oh, okay. just got into the UK on the zone in the fall officially. Mm-hmm. You know how he's not oh, okay. on the sky anymore. So that's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. It doesn't have anything to do with if I don't think Golden Boy had a better year promoting than Eddie. So I, I get mm-hmm. what you're saying. I'm saying on the zone, yeah. I thought the better product was him. Oh okay. But yeah, man. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, Eddie Herons, uh gets promoter of the year for me. Uh, uh, but you know, Golden Boy, like you said, Golden Boy did put get put out a uh, pretty good fights at the end. So uh, I did. I mean, I really did like that Jaime Mangia fight with uh, Rosado. You know that that was a you know that was a pretty damn good card there. Um, and also, uh, uh, I want to say uh, fight of the year uh, goes to the heavyweights: uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three. Uh, this one, I liked how the the chapters closed. Um, that, that's it. You know, I, I think in my opinion, uh, Deontay Wilder, you know, uh, you know, gave it his all in that fight, you know, it was a back and forth. They both scored knockdowns, uh, till Tyson Fury, you know, was able to finish them. So fight of the year, uh, it goes to Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder three, uh, the, so that one. And also, uh, well, and also upset of the year, uh, for me was, uh, Sandor Martin, uh, Sandor Martin versus, uh, Mikey Garcia, because uh, to me that was a huge upset, man. Uh, and also because Mikey Garcia uh, showed up, fucking yeah. And uh, you know, and Mikey showed up so out of shape, and you know, just you know, I don't know, that just it really upset me more. You know what I mean? So I got to give it to Sandor Martin. But you know, shout, shout, shout out to Sandor Martin for actually you know showing up and you know uh, you yeah. know looking good. You know what I mean? So he he made a he made a like a, a real good fighter look uh, you know ordinary. So uh, you know, shout out to him. And also, that's uh, out to the Spaniards, dude. That's out to the Spaniards, know, huh? dude. Kiko Martinez, too. Yeah, right. People Kiko Martinez, that, too, they, man. They're, they're like, screw this, man. The Spaniards are here, dude. We're here. <laughs> yeah, shout out to us, uh, Spaniel over there, Spain, Spain over there, man. And uh, um, KO over the year, uh, to me, uh, has to go to uh, Tyson Fury uh, over Deontay Wilder, 11th round KO, how he just – fell like that uh um I, I thought you know like i said that the the chapters closed that i thought you know these are the giants this is this is the the, the kings of boxing i think in my opinion the where the uh the casual fans uh weight class i think in my opinion yeah. where all the all the casual fans come out so um in my opinion uh you know ko of the year definitely has to go to uh tax fury you know what i mean so uh yeah so that one and, uh, and also uh for fun uh, I thought event of the year had to go to uh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez versus uh, Hector Camacho uh, Jr. I thought this fight, uh, you know, to me, 
uh, I'm Mexican. I, I thought that, you know, it pulled me in. You know what I mean? I thought that the event was cool. Obviously, um, uh, his sons fought on the card, too. I think they both scored losses. Uh, Chavez Jr. upsetting us all with that one, you know. Uh, you know, really failing me, you know, in all honesty. I, you know, I could, you know, for boxing at least, you know what I mean? Like, he should have been able to do it. But, man, um, he, I, he, damn, I don't know. He's a, he's a, you know what I mean? He, he's something that Travis and, uh, uh, but to me, uh, for fun, uh, yeah. So that's uh, that gets the event of the year. Uh, it, I mean, uh, it, I remember it was pay per view. Uh, I remember I saw it with family. My, like everybody wanted to see it, so uh, it was you know it was a cool night that day. And uh, so yeah, was and, uh, and plus, was that like twenty nine bucks? If I remember, like shit, I I don't remember, but I want to say. I mean, if it's pay per view, I want to say at least fifty. I'm gonna say I'm gonna ballpark it there. Uh, but I, I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was. Uh, but it was pay per view though for sure. And uh, but yeah, man. And um, uh, but I but also I wanted to mention that I also liked the main event, which was pretty cool because I remember uh, Canelo gave us a show. I remember you know he got involved. He went into the corner and it was it was like it was just a cool moment. I thought in my opinion, just kind of something you know. Uh, yeah. Just something legendary for the uh, Chavez Senior. You know what I mean. Like, you know, kind of passing, in my opinion, kind of if you saw it live, it was like kind of uh, passing the torch a little bit because there was a moment there where, you know, they were both showing a lot of respect to each other. And uh, I don't know, that like in a, in a way it looked like Chavez Sr. was like, you know, looking at him like, I wish you were my son, you know, like, I, in my, you know, that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't and, Sr. Uh, rip but his also, uh, off? Didn't Sr. rip yeah, his he, he wanted to, to fight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in the last round, yeah. Yeah, in the that's last right, round he wanted that. to go at it with Hector. Yeah, yeah, the last round he wanted to say, let's go. But, yeah, but Hector didn't want to. He didn't want to do it. I don't know. He, I, I thought I thought Senior was capable of doing it. You know what I mean? I, I had not You know, it was Mexico. You know, let's do it. You know what I mean? And uh, But Hector, you know, he didn't He didn't feel comfortable. So, uh, but uh, Senior, hey, shout out to Senior. You know, it shows you a real fucking – it just shows you his real heart, man. I think he – if he would if he, he – like, if you really would want, like, he can, like, I think he would challenge, like, a real boxer out there, in my opinion, but, um, but, yeah, and, uh, and also, uh, but, yeah, as far as, as far as that, that was a funny event to me, so that got the event of the year for me, uh, but also, I want to say, prospect of the year, uh, I, you know what, uh, I don't know if this, uh, qualifies, but I want to say Brandon Lee, uh, kind of sticks out to me the most, sure, yeah. I, I thought, you know, you know, he uh he looked good. I think I believe he's in a KO uh streak. Yeah, nasty. So uh but yeah, he Yeah, so he's he's been looking good. So the kid he so this and then he's been staying really active when, you know, so uh I really like that, you know, cuz I've been hearing his name usually, you know, uh, in the boxing outlets, all these boxing outlets I, I at least mention him at least uh, you know frequently, you know what I mean? No one ever, you know, he's not like Gary Russell Jr., you know what I mean? Like he, he just disappears for, you know, his annual fights. So um, but yeah, but prospect of the year goes to, uh, Brandon Lee and, uh, but yeah. And, uh, also, also like a grade this year, um, uh, I would give it a B plus, you know, even though Canelo, I thought a lot of great stuff did happen. It's just that all these pay-per-views, um, I think there's a, in my opinion, man, there's something r- really wrong with boxing. Like, uh, to me, that's a lot. I don't know, man, this, this, this is a lot of pay-per-views, man. And, and also to listen to other people's take that how much they've spent, you know, cause all of us are, you know, boxing junkies, let's face it. You know what I mean? We're all spending this cash and, uh, but man, you really, you know, you really think about it at the end of the day and, and it's just like, holy crap. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just October. because, 
when we started yeah, from man, October to the end October, of the year, that was a Especially during the holiday time, I'm not gonna kid, man. During the holiday times, the holiday times with, with the family and all that is just oh man. But uh, hey, uh, you know out, this is what we live for, know, man. Spread out throughout the year, that's different. Mm-hmm. But they hit us with some some heat with pay per views a lot yeah. since October. Since Fury Wilder, yeah. we got we got ambushed, no doubt about it. And especially Wilder, I think that I think that pay per view was like eighty bucks, right? I'm, I'm not mistaken. It was like seventy nine ninety five or something like that, and. uh but uh, man, uh, but yeah, like I'm saying, like uh, they gotta, you know, they got us, man. But like, like I said, we're boxing junkies. This is what we live. You know, like Canelo says, man, no boxing, no life, man. So uh, this is what it is. And uh, also before, uh, before I finish up the tally here, I want to say, Pendejo uh, of the year uh, has to go to Chavez Jr. once again for 2021. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like, dude, uh, hopefully, man, he's got one. He can redeem himself with one freaking he fight, one effing fight. Dude, if that fight happens, I'm with. I'm obviously I'm gonna back him up. That's actually a uh, a Paul fight that I will buy. Um, but uh, but man, it, it, this is the only way he could redeem himself and erase all his wrongs and move forward. And there's no way that would erase just, you know, all his wrongs. There's no way. To me, that he would. To me, to me, to me, to <laughs> me, it does, man. It, to me, it does. He he'll erase all his wrongs at this one, man. Because oh my god, dude. Because he cannot lose to this guy. And I it's one I thing with with the, Silva. Yeah, I Go still ahead. can't get the image out of my head of him eating cereal in his drawers. You know, a week out for the fight. I just can't get that out of my head. <laughs> he's a he's a spoiled kid, man. He's a silver spoon, you know, kid, man. I mean, what can you? I mean, his dad's right there telling him techniques. He's just he ain't here. He big wants to, you know, fucking, you know, eat his fruity pebbles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right, right. His biggest fight of his <laughs> career. And plus, I remember. Do you remember he went swimming? Like he just went, yeah. he dipped in his pool right after. It's just so, it's just so funny, man. Um, but Chavez, to me, uh, he has a lot of making up to do. Obviously, Pinedo uh, here this year, but like I said, he wants Paul. Can't What's even up? have, can't even go to the gym. Remember, Freddie had to go at times to, to work on the bag and shit. He or in the gloves and the mitts. He had to go. They were doing it mm-hmm. in the living room. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there's yeah. I remember. Yeah, he wasn't going to training camp, and we'll yeah, I remember that. that. Yeah, we'll move this couch a little <laughs> bit. We'll just set up. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, that's that's cool. Yeah, bro. It was, yeah, it's uh, but yeah, man. Like I said, uh, he uh, definitely couldn't right his wrongs with one fight. To me, obviously, other people's got their own opinion, right? Though, but uh, but this one to me, if he loses to Paul, man, that's I don't know, bro. That's he is uh he is just like I can't have no more Pendejos of the year. It's just that he's gonna have to take this, you know, this whole like decade, you know, like I don't know, man. And uh, I, that, just to me, you know what I mean. But uh, um, but yeah, man, it's really yeah. So uh, but I would like that fight. That's a pay per view I would definitely buy. Um, uh, so yeah, man. And um, also uh, before I get out of here, I always want to mention that uh. I do like this uh, Jesse Vargas Liam Smith fight happening uh, February fifth. I just want to mention that real fast because uh, that's that's a solid fight. I, the, I like Vargas moving. He's moving up, right? So um, that, that that's a good fight to me. Uh, you know, good Canelo opponent. Fight. Let's see, uh, style man. This is 
you know, British, uh, you know, uh, England versus Mexico. So I like this one, man. And, uh, you know, I mean, then Brits come out, man. So it's, uh, you know, because they, they're also like Mexicans, man. They dig their, you know, they they love their boxing, man. It's just, uh, you know, it's in their culture, you know what I mean? It's in their spirit. So, I mean, I dig that. So, um, and also, too, man, be, but before I get out of here, man, it's it's sad. I don't know. I've been hearing a bunch of uh, those uh, outlets talking about that uh, Garcia, Ryan, Ryan Garcia versus uh, Pitbull Cruz is off. I just want to say that's uh, if that's true, that's sad. I was hoping it was going to get made at least, you know, because this was – I thought it was a solid fight to me um, uh, to be made for Garcia. Obviously, Cruz is coming off a loss. But, I mean, it's still a challenge. I mean, Cruz didn't get knocked out. He didn't, um, you know, lose a bu- – I mean, he, he lost the fight, but he didn't get knocked down a bunch of times or nothing to get hurt yeah. real bad. So I thought, you know, this was a solid fight for Garcia. But uh, I don't know. I'm just seeing, uh, you know, the, the headlines uh, that Garcia Pitbull is off. And uh, and I saw an interview. Um, uh, I think I believe ES News, uh, they had his, his dad talk uh, – Pitbull's Cruz, uh, uh dad talking about that. They had stipulations on Garcia if, uh, you know, if, he's, if he pulls out of the fight, then he has to pay some sort of uh, fee or something like that. And uh, I guess – I don't know what's going on, but I remember him talking about something like that. Um, so yeah, I just want to say that sucks, but hopefully Garcia, man, Garcia, this is a new year, so you know you better be have Jojo a lot of Diaz, making up to dude. do, man, as a young Jojo Diaz man. Oh, I hope so. Even that's even, what I always thought. That's what I always thought it'd be. Even even with even with Jojo Diaz, I love that fight, man. I know he's coming off a loss, but that's experience yeah, that both of you know that he's taken from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. But uh, but I gotta say that Pitbull kind of you know I, I to me. Pit, Pitbull's more exciting, just the, his style, the way he came forward to Tank, and uh, was it wasn't scared of sure. Tank, you know what I mean? So I thought, you know what I mean? To me, that's that's a lot of heart and a lot of spirit, you know what I mean? A lot, you know what I mean? It's showing a lot of will and guts. To, that, that's what I like. Obviously, I, I like also uh, Jojo Diaz, but uh, there's something about Cruz, man. He wasn't scared of Tank, so you know I like that, man. So you know all of the, all of everybody, everybody, you know. Uh, What's his name? Um, uh, Barrios. You know, as, as much as I liked him uh, coming into the fight, I thought he fought too scared to me. Um, I did like him. You know, obviously I was pulling for him, but I just thought in he his was winning the fight. Though, he, what do you mean scared? He was winning the fight. No, not scared. No, not scared. But he was. He was not. You said scared. No, you know he was. He was not fighting his size. He wasn't fighting his size. Like he was. He wasn't like you know using his size up against him. Like you know Pitbull was coming after him. Uh, what's the name? Barrios was like, you know, yeah, kind of boxing him, you know, trying to stay of off the back foot. Barrios doesn't. Yeah, I hear you, but Barrios, that's not his type of fight. He's in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not a come forward, get in your chest type of guy, though. But I hear what you're saying. No, I know that. I know that, but like sometimes, man, you know, um, to me, you know me, you know me, Chris, the Mexican spirit is always in me. Uh, you I know, you got to show toughness. You got to show grit. But when you're winning mm-hmm. rounds, it's hard to say change up your style because <laughs> when he did start to get into exchanges, that's when he got knocked out too. So kind of goes both ways there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's preference, you know what I mean? And, uh, uh, but to me, I just, I, whatever, it's, it's, it's all good. You know what I mean? But, uh, but as far as, uh, um, Ryan Garcia versus Pitbull, uh, it sucks. It sucks that it's off. Uh, but no, no, uh, you know what I mean. And uh, but yeah, man. And uh, uh, as far as that, I don't have too much to say, Chris. Uh, also, but man, I just want to thank you, Chris, for having me on, man. 
another year, man. I hope this year uh, brings us a lot of great boxing, man. Um, uh, hopefully they cool it down with the pay-per-views. Uh, I know, obviously, uh, with this, uh, Keith Thurman is in one. Um, that's that's one um, I, we'll see. You know what I mean? We'll see if I buy it. Uh, obviously, we're all junkies. So, you know what I mean? It's going to be hard not to push the play button or, you know, buy, buy, play, uh, push the, uh, the buy we'll button there. So, um, we'll see if they do another half. I hope it's – if it's if it's forty, it's if it's forty, it's doable. But if it's if they're if it's like eighty bucks or or what, what's the price right. now for you know for boxing now? It's like regularly you know like seventy five right? Seventy five is, and UFC just changed it now. They're seventy five too. Seventy five, yeah, man. It's it's yeah. So wow, I can't believe that's like just the, like the set price now. You know what I mean? So, but hopefully it's not that. You know what I mean? I uh, but we'll we'll see what it is. But uh. But yeah, man. But also, Chris, uh, you know, thanks for having me on. We were Rope Dope Radio and Viva Mexico, cabrones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And just to follow up on what he was saying about that fight, because I was gonna, I was gonna mention that fight too. Or, well, it's it, the fight didn't. It wasn't actually happening. It wasn't on or off. But they were in negotiations. And, um, you know, Oscar says a lot. And he's been called out on so many times of being, you know, lying about shit. But, um, you know, I don't believe that they should owe money. Now, they could say, like, if, if Ryan Garcia, if all this stuff is true, which we don't know 100%, where we've heard both sides, but guarantee him a fight that night if Ryan Garcia pulls out can he fight somebody you know that's a little bit closer to hey so what happens because he has pulled out of some fights whatever but I don't think that he should be paid regardless that's me personally you know I don't agree with that I don't think that they owe Cruz money if he doesn't fight now the thing is, if Ryan Garcia pulls out, that'll stop the event. Now, were they trying to say, can you postpone, if it gets postponed, do I still get the fight? That would be a little bit different, you know. Um, Oscar did tweet that it's a um, bull and his crew, his team, that they turned down the lucrative offer. And he says that it was more than when he got for Tank, which I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense because Cruz, you got to pay Cruz more money anyway now because he proved himself. So I don't mind. He should be making more money than what he just made with Tank because he proved himself. Now, Sean Gibbons, the other side of it, said, Oscar, while I understand your desperation is showing for Ryan Garcia to show him that you're doing something on his behalf and your role as his promoter, do you think putting out falsehoods like this will impress him? See, I don't know that part. I don't know what was actually offered, but I will say this. If, if the sticking point was you have to pay me my full purse, Ryan Garcia pulls out, I don't agree with that. Now, that may be bullshit too. I don't know. Now, was he asking for some money? So, you know, to spend money on camps and all that? I don't know if that's legit or not, but, you know, at least it's a little bit better than 
if he wanted full money, if 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 Garcia got hurt and pulled out, I don't agree with that. I don't think you know he's a solid B side now, but we can't we can't be like well Cruz gets paid regardless. Well, you know what I mean. I don't know about all that, um, but we'll see. We'll see if uh, more information comes out on that. I don't know. Um, speaking of pullouts, pause. Callum Johnson had to pull out with COVID of Joe, uh, Joe Smith Jr. fight. That's not this weekend, but next weekend. That sucks. Um, this is Coppinger. Sources say Juan Francisco Estrada and Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez have signed contracts for a March 5th Pachanga Arena. I've been in – I haven't been in the arena at Pachanga, but I've watched it in, like, ballrooms. It's a good-ass place to watch a fight. So that's March 5th. That'll be on the zone, Estrada and Gonzalez. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's really dope. Frank Warren on IFL TV uh, today, I think he said, he said that Tyson Fury's next fight will take place March 26th. He added that there's no current talks with Dillian White, and the purse bids are scheduled for Tuesday, January 11th. Um. And just to follow up a little bit more on that from the Bob Arum side, uh, Bob Arum said that they were willing to give five, I think it was five and a half million against the percentage. Um, So we offered him a deal of 25%, which is a guarantee, but he says Gillian White wanted to start at 10 million and then go up from there. Uh, you got to start at $10 million and like I said, go up there. He said we wanted to guarantee at least 5 or $5.5 million against percentage, meaning he would get a little bit on the back end. But they wanted $10 million. It's kind of interesting because wasn't $5 million what Eddie Hearn offered White for the Joshua rematch? And White turned that down, so they're offering him right about the same amount of money. Um Fury said Andy Ruiz, Hellenius, a USC fighter are all on the on the table um, for that. So I don't know what that exactly means. Unfortunately, there's no um, UK fights in January. Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Williams had to be rescheduled. I think they rescheduled it to, to February. Um, so, yeah, February 5th is when they rescheduled that. So, um, you know, they, 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 they had to, they shut them down. Um, so there, there is no UK. Here's another one. Daniel Jacobs and John, John Ryder is going to be February 12th in London at a place that the Brits called Alley Pally. Um, shots out to the UK there. Um, so that's February 12th. Hopefully that fight actually takes place and it doesn't uh, get mixed up with that. Um, like he said, about Vargas Smith. Rung Visay and Quadros are on that undercard, by the way. February 5th um, in an arena in Glendale, Arizona. So the, the card was going to be at the Mandalay the week before Thurman and Barrios, which that's going to hurt those ticket sales. So I think that's smart to move it to that. that they're going head-to-head that day, but not at the box office. Also, Kiko Martinez in Warrington rematch um, is March 26th. Um, that's going to be, I believe, in the U.K. as well. 
So I think I'm cut off now. I think that they it just cut me off, even though I think the people on here can hear me. But the recording, uh, I think that's off now. It just clicked in. So I'm sure it's going to cut me here uh, anytime soon. Hopefully you guys have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy the, the Showbox fights tomorrow. I'll be back probably next Wednesday. Peace.